someone's having a party. My ass is like this. He said, always has, always will. Oh yeah, you got your smart ass boots, you got your smart ass theories. But you don't know the value of a hard day's work, do you, huh? Smart asses like you, all you know is how to use your head, hmm? And not your hands. And you got your big brain ideas and your big brain smart asses. But you know, if you had to use your hands, you wouldn't live a day, would you? Hmm? And you know how to stop a hard-working man with your smart-ass accountants and your smart-ass legal funk. Well, I've been putting up with smart-asses like you all my life. I've been... Because of the bizarre nature of this birthday party, pray you are not invited. Behind every curtain, Someone is waiting. Mister, that is a lady you're smacking. That's the trouble with guys like you. Smart answers like you. Shut up, dude. Anyway, I'm sure a woman like yourself can see that a guy like that deserves what he gets from a guy like me. And if he gets it, bingo, he got it. What do you want to do? Curtains, <laughs> the ultimate nightmare. Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 252 of the Triple Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live and direct with the homie, JP, also known as the Mexicant. We got Mr. Saucedo, also known as Tyler, back in the house. And welcoming back to the show, we have Mr. Freemason. And of course, I'd be your host, the M-O-O-D to the Z, representing the West Coast. Y'all know me, Moods. Yeah. Was it that hard to do an intro? Shut the fuck up. God, you're such a fucking raging dick. That was legit. Oh, man. Okay, like I said, okay, the vinegar syndrome thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain that away. JP put me on the, on the spot because I went into recording that day thinking that JP was going to be hosting the show considering it was kind of his mastermind idea and stuff. And then he's like, no, you do it. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and everybody knows how i love to be prepared i hate doing things spur of the moment i always i'm super prepared when it comes to all this recording so that just threw me for a loop to be honest Dude, it was happened. so funny but, i mean oh yeah put it on I, your I, channel I admit, too it was very it was very awkward yeah 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 it's on the, it's on the it's on the channel and stuff so but uh um but yeah no the audio version will actually have like intro music to it and stuff i don't know if you guys checked out the audio version oh, of it no, I didn't. I gotta check that but out. i actually used the uh some of the music from new york ninja from vinegar syndrome in the intro so that was kind of cool so so uh really for those of you who don't know uh we started a new podcast it is titled the si- the sin bin, sin bin <laughs> podcast and it is currently available out now on mood's channel check it out i was actually very happy with how it turned out oh yeah so, yeah, um, it turned out really, really well. And, and you know, it, it's really funny, too, because like I said, like we weren't overly prepared going into it in terms of like who was hosting and what really what we were going to do and stuff. But I think the whole construction of the show turned out really, really good. But the thing that surprised me was um, that it was kind of a last minute thing to do it on video 
and we just right. It was it. completely last minute. <laughs> like yeah. there was no talk about doing it on video. We're just like, hey, we have our videos on. Let's just record it like this. And then it kind of made sense because people have asked us over the years to do video podcasts of uh, this show. We've really only ever did them for like extended lists and things like that. So we tried out that format, but I wasn't really too sure on how it was going to turn out. But using Zoom and the format that it has, I think it looks good on there. And so uh-huh. for the for the sin bin, it worked out really, really well. And, you know, for Tony recording for his first time, did really awesome. Um, didn't seem overly awkward. And, and that's the tough thing, too, with recording on video, because a lot of people don't like to be seen. Right? right. It's not like me and you, JP, we've been making videos on YouTube for, you know, more than a decade. Mm-hmm. So we're used to being on camera and stuff like that, but uh, for other people, but it, it turned out well, I, it, it looked good, you know, for what it is. And uh, I thought it sounded well. And that was a raw uncut show too. Like what you guys yeah. saw on the video was exactly how it went. I didn't even edit anything. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. No, it seemed like people liked it and uh, you know, it, it was exciting to see, people you know comment and then stuff like that and then um also uh you know it it flowed well and i like the product and i look forward to doing the next one yeah it, it, it has a re- i think a lot of people commented on how it went because like they like the format of you know short little intro but then get into you know the four solo reviews and then you know the uh the collective review too yeah. yeah, it just flowed really, really well. And like, it didn't surprise me when I was doing the show mo- show notes after the fact. And my review was like a half an hour long. I'm like, of course. Yeah, oh, I know. I was looking at that. <laughs> Can't shut the fuck. I literally was like 30 minutes long. I'm like, what the fuck moods? Like you, you just never, you never shut up, man. So, but I think it was because like doing, you know, f- having a format of covering special features and there's mm-hmm. so much to cover and there's like so many interesting factoids and things like that. It's just hard not to bring it up. Right. So, right. yeah. Well, I'm going to like shoot myself because I looked on my release for next show and there's fucking three commentaries, bro. <laughs> I feel like some of the releases that we end up reviewing aren't going to have as much special features, like something like Redneck Zombies yeah. is going to have a lot, right? Because it's a little bit right. more popular film in terms of like shot on video and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I feel like I, I like I haven't looked at the special features for the films that I'm doing for next show, but I have no idea Like there could be a ton. There might not be a lot. I have no idea. So I think I'm just going to make it a point to like, maybe watch like one or two of my favorite special features and just like highlight those among like Mm -hmm. what else it has. I like the commentaries because I mean, if they're an interesting one, I've, I've listened to some commentaries in the past and I'm just like, this is so bad like so bad, (laughs) you know, I've I've ran into some bad commentaries. (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. But anyways, yeah, like this, uh, the, the one that I'm doing for, our March show doesn't have much special features. There's like a 20, 20 some minute interview and then like a 14 minute interview and a commentary. So that one will be easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The thing is I'm actually covering two different films. I mean, I'll, I'll briefly cover them and then get into the features. So I'm not sure how much features are going to be on them. I guess I could probably just kind of, cause I know 88 had put out one of the films. So I wonder if, if some of those things are ported over to uh, vinegar syndrome but i have no idea have to wait and see so but anyways yeah so the sin bin show check that out shameless plug but we don't care over here 22 shots (laughs) yeah (laughs) oh and yeah for the people that are listening to this for the first time it's me jp tyler and uh tony hartman so yeah that's the show um but yeah 
All right. So episode 252, we are covering Canuxploitation. This is volume one. Um, and the films that we're going to be covering today is Happy Birthday to Me, 1981, Curtains, 83, and The Carpenter from 1988. So three themed films uh, from Canada, obviously. Which are, films. which are also have a theme of like sort of like... Uh, like mental illness oh, which 100%, 100 and you know what's funny about that i i even have that written down and it was something i was going to bring up to and when we were doing reviews that was not planned that i is know that's why random... i was like i by the time i got to curtains because i'd watched uh happy birthday to me uh carpenter and then curtains um, why do you do it to me you know what kills me that's completely out of order <laughs> i went out of order this week too i went carpenter happy birthday to me curtains Oh God! But by so the time weird. I got to Curtains, which is a film that I'd never seen before, I was like, "Holy shit!" Damn. All three of these have like a similar theme. Oh, it's it's totally like a mental illness, like mental health yeah, issues. Yeah, it's it's so bizarre. It really is bizarre, um, and, and it just makes it even more, you know, relative to today's world, right? Because I mean, we we deal with a lot of mental health stuff in today's world and stuff, and uh, I mean, it's just kind of talked about a little bit more, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so it's it's very relevant. So interesting, but, um, yeah, can exploitation volume one. I mean, we could probably end up doing tons of these shows, man. I really like these themed out kind of, uh, air world area type things. I want to get back to doing, um, more of these type of things, especially doing another Aussie mm -hmm. show, you know, like, I mean, yeah. but there's tons of, there's tons of places we can explore for sure. But, uh, I, I like these type of shows. So yeah, me pretty too. cool. They're cool. Yeah. Um, so speaking of shows, we ha our next show after this one is going to be the top 10 of 2011, which we're going to be recording in two weeks. Next week, we we will have no show because of the Super Bowl, obviously. Um, so the next show that we're going to be recording is 2011. So we're kind of in the crunch time for that. Yep. Getting down to the nitty gritty. I think most of us are pretty much there and fully prepared. <laughs> so um, I mean, I, I would. Well, I'm assuming JP is probably not because he is the Mexican. Yeah, I'm only at 32 watches. Really, Damn. dude? We've yeah. we've had months dude, to do this. Like, I'm a I'm a 55. <laughs> yeah, I slept so hard. And the funny thing is, too, is I'm I'm at 33 watches, and I literally watched. Well, let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. And I watched 13 of them in the last like week. <laughs> Damn, dude. What the hell, man? What, what have you been doing? Like, what have you been watching that wasn't 2011 films? 2023 um, movies? 2023 for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas I'm fucking movies, so happy Halloween that shit's movies. over with, man. Yeah I, yeah. I was up to like somewhere around like 25, I think, when like we started 23 prepping. So, I was, so okay. I, I was actually doing a quick count here. So the last time we talked about 2011 on this podcast was when we did the uh the dead river trilogy which involved uh the woman of course so we kind of killed two birds yeah. with one stone with that film mm. and that was so i we had talked about films you know i'd watch preview up to that point so since then i've watched 23 movies from 2011 wow yeah, oh, so i've put in 23 and you know i'm it's just such a mixed bag of stuff like some really good ones some interesting ones like some shittier ones but you know I, i've honestly been having fun with 2011 it's just too bad the majority of the movies don't have great releases there's a lot of dvds yeah. a lot of muddiness and it's kind of interesting when you i think it's because we're so blessed with 
so many movies getting royal treatments now that we're so used to watching movies either in you know 1080p or 4k or whatever that you know you watch these dvd releases and you're like wow they look terrible <laughs> yeah. it's just it's so crazy how many movies DVDs just have that real dusty muddy now. look you know it's, this, this era is sort of nostalgic for me a little bit because i uh so high school ended in 2010 and then like the next year i started I started getting into like the um like youtube and stuff like i started watching people do like horror stuff on youtube in like 2010 11. so i remember people talking about these movies and stuff and then i think i started my channel one year after this so 2012. so mm -hmm. it's, it is kind of nostalgic for me at this point to sort of like go back and revisit some of this era of movies uh where as like someone like carly it's this year is like a bad year for her because like some stuff that was going on in her life during this year. So it's like the reverse of what's happening to me. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. 2000, 2011. Um, it, it's, it's an interesting year. It honestly, it's, it's see a lot of these movies are kind of almost nostalgic for me also because I have a very similar story because I started my channel uh, in 2012, like this month. Like actually right about now is probably about 12 year anniversary kind of thing of yeah. the channel. So a lot of these films were being watched at that time. And uh, so, yeah, like, I mean, you know, I, I just, I have this kind of nostalgia for like the after dark originals and, and films like that and stuff that I thought yeah. were really cool when they were coming out. And there's certain films that just always stuck with me from that time, you know, like things like the taint and the disco exorcist. Like these are movies that I love watching and stuff, you know, to this day, Alice kills and shit like that. And it, it's kind of funny. Like, you know, we talk about nostalgia and a lot of people associate it with, you know, when you're growing up and you're younger and stuff, but this is only like 12 years ago kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. but it has that nostalgic feel to it because of what we were doing. We were changing, kind of what we were doing in our life we were starting up channels and we we're putting focus on that so these things have a special place you know you know for like a brand new kind of beginning and things like that so i get it i get it completely like i associate nostalgia like i said you know with the 80s and 90s and stuff like that but it's gotten to the point now where it's so far removed for it's hard to believe i'm doing youtube for like 12 fucking years it's it's just like that's a long time <laughs> it's a long time we've been doing the show for over 10 years you know it's like it's just crazy, but it's pretty interesting to look at some of the movies and go, shit, man, I got nostalgia for these. <laughs> it's like, I watched yeah. super eight and I'm like, I saw when it, when it came out and shit. And I'm like, I really love super eight, man. I think that's a great fucking movie. Yeah, I think it's cool. like, it's like a modern kind of sci-fi version of like the Goonies in a sense. Right. That's how I, yeah, that's what I was it. thinking. Well, you know, I'm it's like, right. yeah, it's not the same as the Goonies, but it has the similar kind of structure to it and stuff. These good friends and stuff. And He's I don't know. It, there's something very awesome it was i love super 8 it's great but anyways yeah getting all goosey and shit man nostalgic <laughs> feeling but i mean it's even the movie like the innkeepers like when it first came out it was kind of a mixed bag of opinions and yeah. feelings i think with people because ty west was kind of that director that people either really liked his movies or just kind of were indifferent on him and stuff like that i always liked the innkeepers and i rewatched it um actually with the wife about a week ago i think and she really liked it too and i like the innkeepers man it's got quirky like the two main characters are super quirky and it goes into a place where like the ending is so downbeat to it and shit like i yeah, don't know i but, always like that movie too me I, too man i never like understood why like so many people didn't like it 
I thought I think it's great, man. I'm a huge fan of shit set in hotels though too. Like it's like mall settings and hotel settings and shit. Like I love yeah. those type of settings. So they suck yeah. me right in. But this one just goes into a place where you're like, fuck. Like the end of the movie is super downbeat, man. You're like, damn. You just don't see that coming. You really don't. Yeah. But JP probably Scream Four is a little nostalgic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah see, th- for me, Scream Four is nostalgic. Yeah. Because uh, I actually remember. Do you know what's funny? I remember going to the theater to see Scream. So, like, I went over to my friend Martin's house and we watched Scream 1, 2, and 3. And then uh, our friend The Butt came over and we <laughs> went <laughs> We went to uh, the theater to see Scream 4. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is they showed a trailer for Fright Night and I was so annoyed Oh, and they're shit. like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm tired of them remaking everything. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I think I had the same fucking experience, uh, to be honest, because I seen uh, Scream 4 in the theater, too. And I'm pretty sure they showed the trailer for Fright Night in there also. And, you know, my history with Fright Night, right? It's like the right. original film is the film that I associate with me getting into horror films in general. Right. So the nostalgia level on that one is like over the top. But I'm a big fan of Fright Night in general. Like, I love that movie so much. Yeah, and being like and it was it was at this time period too where there was a lot of remakes coming out and you know and, and when they start remaking your all-time favorite films you initially have that reaction of go fuck yourself like i i don't want any part of this shit right um yeah. and even in well, 2011 the, actually I was the like, remake wave was just starting to end here we yeah we had went through such a big boom from like 2003 to like 2000 12 pretty much yeah, right and, and, and that that's the thing i mean we just went through all these type of remakes and you know some were really good and some weren't and stuff like that and but uh i think it was well what was it 2009 nightmare on elm street got remade right was it 2009 yeah, that was friday the 13th uh elm street was 10 or 12 or 10 or 12 or something so i was just coming off that yeah, one I think too, it was and i was 10 and you know my you know nightmare on elm street is one of my all-time favorites my favorite franchise and that one just disgusted me i was so pissed off at that remake and even to this day it just annoys me so you know i i honestly never gave fright night the proper mentality i should have gave it when it came out because there was no way i was going i hated the movie before <laughs> i even saw it like i was right. that that was the way i was back so then. I. I'm, not, I'm not like that anymore like i'll give anything yeah. a fair chance like i will even though i deep down i'm like okay this is probably not going to be for me sometimes i end up loving the movies you know like and loving these remakes and, and and these things you know i i rewatched fright nights about a week ago and it's fucking horrible it's it is not horrible. You guys are so ridiculous. It's I don't think so it's bad. Horror. I don't think it's, it's the, horrible. It's practically but I don't the same movie good. as the original. It's not though. It's not oh. the same movie at all. And oh, you know what really kills me about this movie is how, like, even for 2011, and this is a major studio film. The CG is so bad in it. It yeah. is look. It looks really, really bad. And the whole 3D, when you watch this movie in 2D, it even comes off even more corny because you got these moments where the things are flying Wait, out Wait, the there's this movie was 3D? I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah. So when you watch it in 2D, it comes off even cornier. But like That's I said, though. Well, it didn't for me because I didn't even notice. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you know, honestly, dude, like dude and the mclovin Yelchin the casting awesome yeah no that's uh, he's yeah, the best Tony thing about the movie. he was a great charlie he was a Imogen great charlie. Yeah. is way better than amanda beers okay no. i'll give you that yeah i'll give you that <laughs> no nah, i'm not i'm not gonna that's that's ridiculous he's a decent charlie 
but I mean, McLovin's casting. I mean, the thing is, with yeah, McLovin, I don't McLovin's like McLovin. not even in it. That they much. kill him off yeah. so early in the remake that he disappears. Like, he only comes back, and he's really only on screen for like another seven minutes before they fucking kill him again. Like he literally just plays McLovin. But that's the, that's my major problem with the film, and I said that before. I said really? McLovin is so yeah. cast in the fact he's like Napoleon Dynamite. It's like that. They dude, literally said like do McLovin. Every film. Yeah, <laughs> they gave him the lines, and they probably tried it on different ones. Like he just do it like McLovin. I don't think he seemed that McLovin. Oh, he was McLovin, dude. He uh, even some of like, the dialogue did, that like, he used. What, what did he say that was McLovin? It was his. It's just not the what he said ex- like in particular. It's just like his mannerisms and that's like, just who he is. It's McLovin, bro. He's a one-dimensional actor, man. Like he's <laughs> literally McLovin. McLovin. He was perfectly cast as McLovin because he's like, that nerdy, skinny, fucking dorky kid that really is one-dimensional. It's it's like. We had this conversation about the dude that plays Napoleon Dynamite. Like, could you ever see him in a different role that wasn't Napoleon Dynamite? He's terrible I've in every movie. You can't. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, he comes off as that same character in every fucking movie. There's no versatility. He it plays sucks. the same character, and it just but it sucks. He doesn't look the part anymore. He just looks like he looks like a play. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. Know. And yeah. well, we're McLovin at, at this point in in 2011. He was just man, coming off super great. bad, right? So he was like the same person. <laughs> like, yeah. He would dress the fucking well, same. I don't know, man. I, I can't do it, dude. That CG was actually making me laugh. I was like, my God, it's so much worse than I even remembered. Yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy, crazy shit. I like the I, I like I like the, the I can't they like kind of figure out like that he's like a vampire, like you know, like the mom and stuff. Whereas mm-hmm. like normally it's not like that. You know what I mean? Like normally it's just Charlie, like trying to convince people yeah there's less beating around the bush in this one for yeah, sure yeah. like yeah. they established that you know that um he's a he's a vampire right away and he, and he's pretty brutal it's nasty the construction yeah. is a little bit different in the film but uh you know i mean that those parts i'm not mad with it's just more of you know the effects and and oh, man some of it looks so fucking bad dude. it's so bad i i, I whatever I don't want to get stuck on this whole Friday night thing, but uh, right, right. I, I honestly didn't enjoy that for a rewatch. Let's put it that way. But listen, m- looking at my letterbox, there's a look. This guy gave it an eight. This guy gave it an eight. This girl gave it an eight. Uh, seven, seven, seven. I give it a six. I mean, what did me and Moods give it? Moods gave it a two. Well, a four. It's a four, yeah. Yeah, and Tyler always changes his picture so i never know who the fuck he is you're not even on here dude i'm well, el loco el what? i'm the guy uh, I'm, I'm klaus kinski yours what oh mr you gave yeah. it a five yeah yeah, yeah. Opportunity. you guys are the two uh, worst raiders besides this guy gave it a one brothers y'all don't even follow me on letterbox let me just call you out on that <laughs> Dude, I only I actually only follow three people. I was trying to find Dave Z. Well, I know about you. I can't even I follow, find him. I follow is, you, Mason. Dave Z. Like, Z's I like, name I like is unfollow Dave Z. and then follow. <laughs> I will unfollow and then follow, and then you'll know. What's Dave what, Z's letterbox? Dave Z is Dave Z one word. Oh. Dave Z goes hard, man. I'm always surprised at his ratings. Yeah, Dave Z. Let's see what he's been doing. Fright Nights, Evan. Human Centipede Nine. <laughs> I went saw that. Oh, I was like, Dude. I, Cabin in the Woods look, Nine. I am not looking forward to watching Human Centipede. 
I don't he, like that. He, gave, he was MVP two at nine. What? That's really shocking coming from. I just see he blows my mind. Like he hates some things yeah, that dude. I think that he would like, and then it's the polar opposite sometimes. Damn, they've got a lot of high ratings here. Fucking yeah, he's white <laughs> melody of death. Cabin yeah, in the woods. He gave a nine. That movie's good. I'm a, am I the only one? Nine. Am I the only one that like Husk? It's so weird. I always like that movie. No, I have it. I think I gave it like a six. I See, like he gave Mask Maker like a seven, <laughs> and I actually like Mask. I watched uh, Madison County and Mask Maker back to back, and it's like they're kind of similar in the term of uh -huh. like that era of slasher film. Because, and I figured Dave might actually really like Mask Maker. He might even like Madison County because they're similar in tone, where they're super serious. They take their shit super serious. There's like no jokes in it. It's like straight up fucking people just getting. Oh yeah, he doesn't like getting college. dead. So, dude, Dave's gonna be coming in hard, bro. He has so many eights and higher. Yeah, dude, yeah. so many. Holy shit, dude. Dave's gonna have a big list. See, like he give the skin I live in an eight. It's interesting. Like he's got some really high ratings on here, and then I have the skin I live in rated higher than that. That movie is fucking disturbing as shit. I have it an eight as well. It is so disturbing. I, I believe I have it as an eight as well. Man, I love. I forgot how much I love that movie. It is so damn disturbing to me. Like it's uh, just fucked up, dude. Like the whole idea. That, yeah, we're saving that movie for what I like to call the contention rounds when I try to like watch everything that like might make the top ten just all at the end. Yeah, even if it's a rewatch, even if it's like in everything that makes my list, I have to have seen at least twice. Does everybody like, think they're starting with eights and higher? No. What? I probably I probably will because I'm looking just knowing so. what my top ten is pretty much going to be. Yeah, it'll be. I don't even know how you can't find ten eights in this fucking massive list of movies. A eight is like classic to me. Classic level movie. No, it's not. That's, That's not what. Don't an eight try is. to argue with Tyler. <laughs> That's my eight. Nine is almost nine. Is, ten is you like, can, first of all, you can't call forever. anything classic that came out in 2011 anyway. Well, yeah, like I will. All right. Well, that's classic level movie is like an eight for me. Yeah. That's some weird ass rating, man. I, like that I, like is some weird, but that, that just fall, that falls right into what I always say about ratings. Ratings are for dummies. I just right? I because just use a different scale. Like I'm like I use my I use a lot of numbers on the scale to rate things. Let him use his scales. I don't want to let him use his scale. <laughs> Mason, <laughs> Mason, can you like not tell exactly how I feel about a movie by my rating though, dude? Every like you I'm gave pretty the, I'm, like a five. I'm pretty like, consistent. Dude. I've been pretty confused actually with some things because you've given him really low ratings, but then talk pretty good about them. So right, like, right. right. That's what I'm well, saying. Like, he'll be like, this six, movie is like really cool. And like, a this, six is good to me. A six is like, man, for me. A six is good. Yeah. Like, me. a six is something that I'm not going to like tell someone yeah. to go watch. Right. Right. I'll tell, like, I'm not going to like lead with sixes if I'm giving movie recommendations, but like, it's a movie I'll talk positively about. It's a movie I think is good and I would recommend under the right circumstances. I'll just I'm, see, I'm, kind of movie. The mm. way I've always did it to me is like the, like the majority of movies we watch, right. Are between six range and like eight range. Yeah. Like, so to me, the average there is like a seven. So like a yeah. seven is like the average movie but the same tyler's average is five which is yeah, stupid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like you, it's not bad it's not I just good think, it's like average. you don't watch movies bro 
<laughs> like I, I understand not wanting to be willy-nilly with nines and tens and stuff yeah. like that like I, if you actually look at my list of like 10 rated movies in the history of the show it's there's not a lot i probably have the least out of everybody um yeah. but i feel like eights are pretty common rating for me but ratings are and, all subjective anyways though so it doesn't matter yeah. if you give a film a 10 and someone gives it an eight it's just like your yeah. opinion on yeah but you're missing my entire point my entire <laughs> point is tyler's stupid oh, oh. okay i'm <laughs> just saying now i'm just saying i use the whole scale yeah i mean i get it like i mean like my ratings always, always change from bro, like what but when i see his ratings i'm like dude dude the simplest way to put it is i think 10 is like transcendental like masterpiece like nothing else matters in the world when i'm watching this this movie okay. like i'm a, a very several of my tens billy okay. madison nine is like excellent it's like it's very good it's almost it's more than great it's almost a masterpiece eight it's mm-hmm. a great movie it's like it's a classic seven is very good six okay. is good five okay. is average See, you think you think seven is very good yeah i think I, seven is good seven is like yeah, a solid that's just that's just that's just the way i scale it it's that's really the only difference mm. like five is average i think four is bad i think the three is really bad two is terrible one is like yeah. almost the worst thing i've ever seen but there's something redeemed about and like half stars is hall of fame bad like I, I don't use my half star or my five star like super often yeah, yeah, like I don't use one half star through, you know, uh, a five that often really do because generally we don't watch a lot of bad movies. You know what I mean? As we're doing 2000. I mean, you know, I was actually <laughs> just thinking about this uh, last night. Actually, I was going through my letterbox or through my uh, my watches. So I've watched 67 films so far, and I think I only have two, maybe three under five. So that's pretty good. Dude, yeah. I don't have any under the uh, swamp. Sh- okay, yeah, I have three a couple under, under, but it's stuff that I knew was going to be under, like Swamp Shark. You know what I mean? Like I just threw it on because I was like cleaning or something, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah. yeah, no, this year has been like pretty solid. But, like I've I've not watched anything that I've like actively like d- hated. Yeah. Um, even stuff that isn't like that good, like The Incident or Asylum Blackout. I still had like quality to it. Yeah. Certain I, didn't, qualities. I didn't watch them, but yeah, I mean, I, I watched them like it, I'm having a lot of fun, like revisiting a lot of these films too. Like the mm-hmm. first watch I did after the woman was uh, a movie called uh, um, Mortarius Legions of the dead. And it was actually put out by synapse on, on Blu-ray back in like 2015 or something that. like that. Uh, it's an Italian film actually. And it had like huh. a huge reputation for being, pretty violent and, and pretty nasty and gritty and shit like that. And I remember when Snaps was releasing it, I was like, oh, well, fuck, man, like a modern Italian film that has a reputation. I'm like, I, I need to check this shit out. And I remember really digging it when it came out and I, I rewatched it and I like completely had forgot most of the shit about the film. And it's like the tale of like three different movies. It's crazy. It's like it, it has this opening scene in the film where it makes no sense to the entire movie. It doesn't do anything. It, it's so bizarre. And it's basically about these two girls that are traveling and uh, in Europe and they get picked up by these dudes and these guys are heading to a rave and shit like that. And of course they, they get to this rave and it's not happening. And so they end up in the woods and stuff. And of course, males being males, <laughs> what are you going to do when you got two girls in the woods? You're just going to apparently try and rape them and do all sorts of nasty shit to them. So it turns into this total rape, fucking brutal, violent fest. It's just nasty. 
But then the movie switches again. And like these male dominant piece of shits, you know, as fucking, you know, the, the hunters, they become the hunted. And I'm not going to give it away, but it's like the whole third act is so fucking bizarre and crazy. It's awesome. And I, I think that was a fun ass movie, man. But I feel like I'm probably the only one that's going to watch it. So anyways, <laughs> I thought I'd talk about it. But uh, did, did you rewatch Inbred, Inbred at all? No. Do you remember when that movie came out? And like it, I had remember like a lot of, it. it had a lot of buzz, right? People I have it. I have it on DVD. I'm pretty sure, but dude, it's still pretty fun, man. It's it's got a fun ass ending to it too, and shit. So, dude, Tyler gave the bunny game a half star. That movie is <laughs> fucking awful. Terrible. It's terrible, man. I yeah, it's a feature length Marilyn Manson music video. Dude, I thought it was really good at first. Like, yeah, if it was ten minutes, yeah, if it was fifteen minutes long, it would be good. I was exactly. like, man, this is this is pretty good. And then after she gets kidnapped, it's so fucking boring. Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it's not hard even to watch, like man. that. It's so it's just what is going on here. Yeah. Um I, I'm not like this year is such a bell curve because I have I have some movies I know like I'm high on, like for my like pretentious like ass scale eight plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like, like plenty of movies like near that near that threshold. But I also have like mo- like far move like five six movies like one like two or less. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I knew I wasn't even to bother with the bunny game. The bunny you know, game what? is this not the worst. Is, uh, the bunny year, game is not the worst movie I've watched. The most interesting thing about 2011, it's actually one of the worst. It might be the worst year in the in that decade. And it's still pretty good. I could agree with that. And there's a lot of movies, like there's a lot of movies from 2011 that are some of my personal favorites of like 2000 and and, uh, forward. Yeah. It's weird. It has so many that I just love from this year. It's crazy. But yeah, no, I I rewatched Sleep Tight the other day, man. Dude, that movie still is fucking twisted shit. Yeah, I've been just kind of sitting on that one for a little bit. Yeah, I rewatched that last year, like knowing like, you know, I'm going to rewatch this and then I'll just like watch it again before showtime. So I rewatched have, like a fresh um, compete kick my ass. I rewatched Exit Humanity. I hadn't seen that since it came out. I think it was like one of the bloody disgusting selects. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. That came out, and it's like you know, it's set you know just after the Civil War and stuff like that, and and uh, it, it's it's actually really solid, man. For a low budget film to be doing a period piece like that, it's really tough to pull off because when you have no money and you got to you know deal with these costumes and these these uh, these set pieces and shit like that, sometimes it doesn't come off looking very well. Um, it's pretty muddy looking, but uh, I, I really like that movie. Actually, it's pretty good. It's, there's some good moments in it and shit. Um, like, man, I always like mix bagging it up. Man, I watch Camel Spiders, which is like a Jim Wornowski made for TV <laughs> fucking killer yeah. spider film. Like, it, you know, you know what you're getting when you're watching Jim Wornowski films from this time period because he was doing tons of cheesy ass TV sci-fi films and shit that were CG fest and like it, it's so bad, it's hilarious to watch. Like, I had such a good time with it. <laughs> it's so funny, man. But I did rewatch Snowtown and I've always talked about this film being a film that I feel like is such a misstep because I love the idea. I love the true story of it. And I feel like it's just misdirected through the whole thing. They just don't do a good job of doing anything proper in this movie. It sucks. Like, it's just it's such a it's not even that boring. I just feel like it's misdirected from from the first act right to the third act. Um, there's a lot of nasty and grittiness to this film. We all know if you know the yeah. story and th- there's some nasty ass fucking brotherly rape and uh, there's just, there, there's nasty shit, but it just, it doesn't work for me at all. 
I still can't get into Snowtown. Yeah, I watched that was one of the first movies I watched. I thought that would have had a chance to like make my top ten just based on like the type of movies I like. Yeah, I me was too. Really disappointed with it. It's like yeah. it, I didn't think it was a bad movie. I, I think I gave it a six. But like I was oh, hoping me too. It was, yeah, I was hoping it'd be one of those movies that like kind of has like a lower score and a bad reputation because it's too much for certain people. Mm-hmm. And like it was something I would have liked, and it just like I, it kind of should have been that way for me. But it wasn't. I gave it an eight. I, it kicked my ass. I I thought it was great. I don't know. It probably can make my list. I don't yeah, know. and I feel like you know it's definitely one of those movies where it, sometimes it works for people and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I just you know this is the, this is the first time I've watched it since around the time it came out because I've I've had the DVD forever. And when I first watched it, I was so disappointed with it because, like, I was familiar with the story and I yeah. just felt like it was just kind of misdirected a little bit. And, like, I just feel like there's so much more in the narrative that it could have been exploited a lot better than it was. I feel like there's just parts in it where I'm just like, no, that's not working. Like, the yeah. scene where the brother rapes, you know, the other brother and shit. I'm just like, it, it to me, it feels like that's kind of thrown in out of the blue but i mean it's still relevant to what the narrative is and stuff like that but it just it's awkwardly done there's so many awkward things in that film that i just feel like are done poorly but it's you know it is i didn't know about the actual story it didn't you know but yeah yeah well it's based off of like the most notorious one of the most notorious australian serial killers right so yeah yeah, so i mean there's a lot more to the story that isn't there either which kind of sucks but but, you know, the whole idea of what he was basically like this, you know, anti-hero kind of thing. Like he was, they, he, the, the focus at first was to kill basically rapists. Right. And, yeah. you know, people like that. Pedophiles. And shit. So, yep. Yeah. Pedophiles. So, yeah. Pedophiles and shit like and, that. So yeah. it got worse. It just does. It, it spirals. But, um, but I do want to talk about livid or levide. I've seen titles of this movie with an E on the end before. So, or you can call it Livid, Levide. It's, you know, I think this, Levide's the French title. Yeah. So it's from the same directors that did Inside. This was their follow up film. Don't um, spoil anything. I still haven't watched it. Same, but go ahead. Oh, I, I, okay. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll leave it for the show then. I was just going to talk. I was just going to, because I know Dave Z will be listening to this. And he always, he mentioned a couple times in the chat about how the ending of the movie doesn't make any sense. And I was going to explain it to him right now why it makes complete sense. So have you, <laughs> are you the only one that doesn't? hasn't seen the movie yet um yeah probably okay so i was i was just going to go into the 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 symbol or the symbolism of the moth but i'll just leave it at that so dave we'll we'll get into that when when we actually record the 2011 show i'm actually quite excited to to see what people's lists are because i feel like there's it's gonna be diversity Mm -hmm. i think there's gonna be a lot of diversity yeah, I was like, especially like, they, like, cause like, I, like I said, I've been trying to like just make sure I watch like everything with someone gave four stars or better. And Dave has a lot of stuff rated four stars. So I have no idea. What <laughs> like. Yeah, man. I, w- I was looking at his ratings. I'm like, holy shit, man. That's a yeah. lot of fucking high ratings. It's crazy. But I'd like to see it. I, I've been kind of watching things in pairs. Like I, I rewatched Stripperland, which is basically just a spoof of um, Zombie Land. <laughs> um, and it's the same idea. Um, it has a main character that has rules, but they're all set in. Um, about strippers because strippers are the uh are basically the zombies in this so it's playing it off like that and it's not actually as goofy as you think it would be uh there's some pretty funny moments in it there's a there's a pretty funny cameo from uh, lloyd coffin in the film but the the highlight cameo in this film is from daniel baldwin he plays like this rapper and he's like literally rapping out like these verses and shit. it's hilarious man <laughs> it's so fucking <laughs> funny man but it's basically zombie land with strippers it's exactly the same movie that's um, funny because they're the fucking Baldwin and Candyland, right? Right. That's funny. Um, yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. 
And then I followed up with one of the dead. I hadn't watched one of the dead uh, since pretty much it came out. And I honestly couldn't remember it much. And, and like my mind kept going back to the, the idea that it was really goofy and like super silly and shit, because I know it was done from the same people that were involved with like Shaun of the dead and stuff. Obviously it's a play on words with one of the dead, because this is like a Cuban uh, Zomcom, right? And it's not goofy. It's not even that goofy, dude. It's actually really fun. And it's got a lot of really clever jokes. There's this fucking hilarious blowjob joke in the film that just, it caught me off guard. I was pissing myself laughing, dude. I was like, so good. But yeah, One of the Dead is, uh, it's really fun, man. I recommend it, dude. If you're into like, you know, these kind of Zomcom things and stuff. And I mean, I'm not recommending this to Dave Z because he would never watch it based on the title. <laughs> alone. This is one but of have one you guys ever seen One of the Dead? No. no, this is on my. I wasn't sure if I yeah. was going to make it to it. But. No, this this is on my definitely to see list. I've always been interested All in right. this movie. Yeah, There's a couple it, in here that, like, even though even though I didn't think they were like that great, I was I've always been like interested to see. I think, man, I I was going into it thinking, man, this movie's going to be so goofy and just kind of silly and shitty, but it's not though. It, it's obviously a comedy, but it's uh, it's got a lot of funny jokes in it, dude. It's it's uh, it's pretty fun. So. Uh, something I rewatched that everyone should watch. It's only like 25 minutes long. It's uh, the strange thing about the Johnsons. Mm-hmm. I rewatched oh, it. Oh, man. This shit is so funny. Dude, dude that shit is so disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I love the, like, the Ari Aster like, motivational speaker. Uh, like little cassette and it's him on it like smirking. <laughs> <laughs> and he's doing the voiceover. Oh, it's like... Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's so fucked up dude dude it's just like <laughs> i was just giggling the whole imagine like he did that in like a film program imagine like making that and showing that to your classmates like this is what i did i mean if you want to get shock and awe to people man <laughs> you do that in film class like fuck, you would never you would never expect someone to do something like that and show it in that environment dude, the sun is so good i love that dude i i mean i can't i'm not even watching that again I love it. I, I think it's really, I think it's really well done. Right from the opening scene. Oh, it's so dude. good. Put that so in your little well book, Dad. It's one of the. It's literally <laughs> probably one of the best short films I've ever seen. Yeah, me too, man. It is so good. Like it's just something that gets buried in your mind too. Like you cannot forget that. <laughs> it, I know it is burned in my mind. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't need to rewatch it. <laughs> um, yeah, I typically don't watch shorts. I didn't realize that this junior movie I had on my list was a short. It's not, it's fine. It's not anything great. Yeah. It's from the director of that, uh, uh car raw and, um, yeah, raw and fuck. What was it? movie called to start? Yeah. It's all titane, 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 titane. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everyone liked that movie, but me, I wasn't a huge fan. I thought it was all right. Yeah. I thought it was decent. Yeah. It was on a lot of top 10 lists that year, but yeah, not for me not for me dude okay so if we're moving on from 2011 <laughs> i wanted to bring this up so <laughs> dude so i joined this vinegar syndrome group on, on facebook right because oh, mm. uh because um because we did that show and it, it's uh i posted it in there to maybe get some new listeners or whatever yeah and then i was trying to be i i hate those people that just like join a group like promote themselves and then never say anything in the group again right yeah. so i've been trying to like be active in the group a little bit just to show like hey you know i i'm not a complete dickhead and so i uh, remember the other day when our, we were talking about j cards yeah 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 yeah, so yeah. 
I joined this group. I was in this group and I posted a video of like talking about the saw your post. Yeah. This dude started roasting me for my fingernails. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh my god. Your fingernails. What do you what do you mean your fingernails? Let me read this comment, bro. No, like like for what for what the video? Yeah, the video, because I just I I just had the camera pointed at the at the movie and then like I was moving it around with my hands. So this guy says, listen to this shit, bro. Dude, I hate to be this guy, and I'm sorry. <laughs> please cut your nails for your sake and for the rest of the world. Oh my I barely God. saw the box at first. I was just gnashing <laughs> my teeth in disgust. I'm not judgments on you as a person, but that's a red flag. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it, would, it would suck for that to affect your daily life when it's easy to Dude, for real. If you have some disability that prevents you from cutting your nails, I'm sorry. Maybe someone can help. Wow. Didn't you say it was like your Coke nails or something? Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh no, I need them for my Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the funny the funny thing about it though is like I know I have chronic like bite my nails syndrome like my whole entire life. And I've been trying to stop doing that. So I don't bite my nails anymore, but then they just grow because <laughs> I, don't, I forget to like clip them and stuff like that and then like right now <clears throat> but but the real reason that i don't that i let him go so long is because it annoys carly and, <laughs> <laughs> and i did and i literally just let him grow because like i it's funny to me that she gets so pissed off oh. so but <laughs> like they're clean so yeah. they're, they're, yeah. it's not like they're they were all gross or anything they're like they were just longer for <laughs> Like, man that's but this guy was so triggered by my but, nails that i'm just like bro get the fuck out of here but the funny thing i was gonna tell him i was like dude i was like since we're taking requests can you like cut your hair and your like pedo mustache because like there's some red flags there buddy oh really he had the fucking party in the back with the pedo stash oh my god <laughs> his hair is just really long and he has a, he has a straight like but I bet you had some fucking goddamn nice looking nails though. Probably. But there was some other people that came in and was like, what's your problem, bro? Like, why are you like, maybe this guy just wants long nails. That, that is some true <laughs> internet shit right there. Right? Like that guy would probably never say anything in real life, but then he's on the internet. Right. Well, oh, the thing is, like, I don't get your fucking nails. Fuck either. Like, I don't get uh, like, bro, I've been. <laughs> being on youtube for 10 years like i've heard some nasty shit oh dude like, you can't you know survive I mean? that long without yeah. the thick skin man like i've heard right. everything too man like it's, it's shit i just i fucking smile i'm just like yeah it's awesome man <laughs> plus like i'm comfortable with who i am and like like dude like i know they're long and kind of funny looking but it's like i did it on purpose so what the fuck you know mm -hmm. like it's not it would be different if it's something i couldn't change about myself like he's like like you're you know fucking nose is too long or something like that you know <laughs> like but right, um right no oh, I, I just thought it was funny as shit i'm like sitting here reading that guy did, that guy I, was I was like i'm getting attacked right now this that is guy went, yeah. <laughs> but everybody pretty much agreed with me about the j cards pretty yeah. much everybody. So okay so that's Fucking like a cards. card it's like a card that like the movie sits in yeah, yeah. Like it, it's shaped like a J. That's it, it, it's, it's like the, it's got the full back, and it, a lot of the times it'll have the the features on it, and then it just kind of folds up the front. Yeah, the J card. Yeah. Right, uh, but the the horrible thing about these cinematographer releases, 
Somebody corrected yeah. me on that too. Um, <laughs> of course they did. Tyler, say it. I know you know it. All cinematograph. Cinematograph. There you go. Thank That's you. not even what the guy said. It's called. He said it's cinemagra- cinematographer. Cigarra. I'm just I, me. I, I just pronounce shit the way I want to say. It. I don't give. Yeah, a fuck. you know <laughs> that guy's a fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> grammar police man the grammar police are the fucking worst on the internet ever like it's the most yeah. pretentious Whatever, useless a, shit ever to correct but somebody. I'm an ignorant American that can't pronounce the French word fucking sue me yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah I right. remember somebody one time said to me they're like oh, I can't remember it was like one of my videos maybe it was a comment on the podcast or whatever and he's like your pronunciation on this was blah 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 and I'm like I thought I did pretty good for English being my third language you <laughs> <laughs> didn't know what to say man he's like english is your third language and i'm like yeah bro like fuck. well th- dude yeah that's like when people criticize people who like are like you know maybe from another country and then they come in and they're like i wish they would fucking learn the english and you're like bro like this person literally knows two languages and you're sitting there <laughs> talking shit <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean but um yeah anyway i got a lot of comments like a ton of comments on there and uh most people do not like the j cards and these j cards in particular are kind of weak because they are where they're numbered so they're numbered releases and Mm -hmm. the individual number is on the fucking j card it's not on the actual fucking case i didn't really open it and look but i don't think it is unless it's in two places you know what i mean but i doubt they did that i haven't got mine yet so wow that's weird whatever yeah yeah man. it's like how powerhouse does like the indicator box sets and stuff like they're all they're all yeah. hand numbered on those things but they're not a j card they're like an o card that goes around yeah, the box they're set the one, they're, those ones are actually more practical though because they, they like hold the thing together you know what yeah. i mean yeah but yeah like I'm just talking about the fact that they're they're hand numbered on those things so if you do take them off then you won't i mean if you care right. about those trivial things but well, the other thing I was going to say is, dude, the majority of this group, it's kind of fucking crazy. There's 11.9 thousand members in there, right? 11.9K, mm-hmm. almost 12,000. 12, okay, so it's this group. All right. And they, mo- the majority of the posts are just people selling their releases. Right. But the yeah. funny thing is, and I don't really understand it, is a lot of them are like brand new stuff. Like, like yeah this this one dude was selling like the giallo volume six box set and i'm like he just he must have just gotten just two days out. ago yeah like but i think i mean was it like at a total inflated price like is he just reselling because i feel like it was like that's... 60 bucks exactly so he's fucking he's uh reselling and that's that's very typical of all these type of fucking labels now but but isn't isn't that less than what it cost 60 but no i think it's cheaper than that isn't it i have no idea if you're not well, a subscriber, it's sixty, right? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. Who knows? But I mean, yeah, but which so it, it I, makes I, even I less sense. I don't think it's like resellers in terms of like people trying to profit off of the the releases. I I wonder what it is. Like I was actually thinking about asking that group because he's probably a subscriber that's selling it because he doesn't want it. Uh, that's what I. He could be. He could be a subscriber. Like you get every title, and then you sell off the ones that you don't want. Yeah. 
that's what I was thinking. Like, it would probably be worth my while, like, if I just, like... See, to me, that's oh. just crazy talk, because, like, when they announce the Giallo box set, that's, like, the thing I'm looking forward to. But you got to remember, there's other people with different tastes, and yeah, that's yeah, not yeah. their well, cup like, of tea, right? So, they don't, I might even there's a lot of them. people that don't like Giallos, and I get it. I might even sell them just because, like, I don't have any of the other ones, and it would just, like, blow... I just, I couldn't deal with, like, Giallos. A lot of people are doing with those now, yeah. Yeah. I just like I I couldn't just have like volume six and like I, if I can't get the original one like how it would be I just can't do how it. How far like, do they want to go with these? Dang, dude, do I, they, that's actually like, dude, they've put them out fast too. What's it been three yeah. years and they have six of them or something? Jellos are there? They probably how many like forgotten? Big... The real question is how many forgotten jellos are there? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, probably I mean, bought like some giant lot of movies of just like yeah, oh, yeah, they, like wanted sure. to do and then all they do and like they just restore them they put a fancy package on you're like hell yeah i mean some yeah. of the movies that they put in these box sets aren't like totally forgotten like they're just movies that i mean i have a lot of them you know they're just yeah. getting their better releases and stuff but some are like you know you, you're finding some shit that's pretty fucking rare Cool. And uh, which is cool, which is cool. I'm I'm kind of looking for that. Like I have a lot of giallos, so when they release these boxes, I'm looking for stuff that you know. I mean, not always the ones that I've never seen or heard of or whatever. There is some ones that I I do want to upgrade and things like that too. So it's you know it, it can be a mixed bag. But have you seen the ones? And never like, disappointed. Uh, box it. Sorry, what was that? Have you seen the ones in this most recent box set? Uh, I can't remember what's in them, but I do believe I have a couple of them, like on yeah. DVD and shit. So um, I think there was one in there I'd never even heard of. Dude, yeah. I think out of all six box sets, there's only one film in all six of them that I had seen before. <laughs> oh, really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. 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 Here, let me take a you really gotta go back, man. Okay, so volume six has Death Carries a Cane. Oh yeah, Naked You Die is one I do have. It's an Antonio Margaretti film. It was released by Dark Sky Films on DVD first. That's it's a good one. Cool. Oh, and the Bloodstained Shadow. That's another one I actually have too. I think that was released. I believe that's an Antonio Beto film. Uh, I think it has an Anchor Bay release and a Blue Underground, which makes sense, right? Um, yeah, Death Carries a Cane is the one I did not know about. So it's Mauricio Prado. Doesn't even sound like it's. Uh, I don't know if that's Italian. It says Italian and English. Oh shit! So I don't know. I that's one I didn't know. Cool. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. So, but yeah, the Antonio Margheriti film Naked You Die. It's it's a decent one. Yeah. Yeah. Antonio Margheriti. Antonio Margheriti. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Dude, this blinking Vincent sign is dope. Dude, I want it so bad. I didn't even know they were selling that until Me people too. started oh. got showing them off. Man, there's only like 44 five. left. I think. Oh, really? 45 bucks. So the uh, the Vinegar Syndrome logo one. I know uh, Tom Horsball. He picked up one of those. It's in his basement. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I didn't even notice that these things were available. I was uh, like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? I totally would have bought that. It's so sexy. But this this blinking Vincent, man. Ugh. It's two hundred. Well, I think that's in Canadian dollars now. So it's like yeah, they have, a de- they have a desk, desk yeah. sized one too. That oh, that one's out. sold out. Damn. Oh, I love these fucking. I love LED uh, these type of flashing lights and shit, man. It's awesome. Uh, I always think of Big yeah. Daddy when he's got the live nude sign for the kid. Yeah, that's right. I was thinking of that too, man. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> uh, a newspaper. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those things are cool, though. Get old being your syndrome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so episode 252. The fuck are we talking about here? Um, so like oh, I usually got, like got sidetracked by the fingernail story. Oh yeah, the fingernail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck, he had to, he had to bring it up, man. He had to bring it up, dude. It was ridiculous. I'm like I'm just getting bullied and about my fingernails. I was like, dude, what the hell? I thought I thought everything was supposed to be like <laughs> politically correct now, and like people can be like. I think people are getting past all that shit now. And yeah, I think people are and, so sick of it. They're like, hey. and I'm like, I'm like the first time I. Like I'm like getting bullied over here, like because my fingernails are long. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, this is bullshit. Like I missed out on like all the like, you know, you can't comment on someone's appearance and stuff or you're a bigot type shit. I missed all that. Like I never got the benefit from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So since we're doing a an exploitation show and i like to do these lists because they're always fun to talk about and stuff like that i thought maybe um i would do a quick little google search and i said best canadian horror films because if you if you type in the word exploitation it basically just comes up with the exploitation website okay. there's like no list or whatever um so what i wanted to do here was i know that the the toronto film school blog here is obviously written by a canadian and then there's there is another list done by dread central which which is more recent i was hoping bloody discussion was going to come up but i think the last one they did was like in 17 or 16 or something like that and it's a little bit outdated um so i was figuring i would do talk about the toronto film school one which says the de- the 10 best canadian horror films of all time ranked whatever that means and then there's one by dread central which is called oh canada 13 best canadian horror films so nice little comparative contrast piece between Canadian writers and American writers. And we'll see how this goes. I have not clicked on these yet. Um, I just know that one's Canadian, one's American. Are you guys cool with this? Yeah. Sure. Fire it off. All right. So the 10 best Canadian horror films, movie, movies of all time ranked by TFS, Toronto Film School. All right. So, oh, fuck. They have it at like, you know, I'll start at the bottom. That's stupid. So number 10 is infinity pool wow <laughs> okay um number nine is ponty pool interesting a lot of pools <laughs> a lot of pools yeah uh number eight is ravenous from 2017 which is also known as lee fms mm. what's ravenous? It, it's it's a fr- it's a french yeah. canadian film um, ravenous I, is a 99 movie too yeah 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 we know that one with um guy pierce isn't is it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that one's great. <laughs> so this is the the English title for this one actually is Ravenous from 2000. I'm not sure if I saw this one or not. It seems familiar. I don't but think I did. I, I feel like I've seen it. It sounds so familiar. You know, I have seen this on lots of lists in the past, and I don't know if it has a release or like what the deal is with it, but it's it's a French Canadian film. So, I mean, it could be good. I mean, it's got to be feel decent. Like, was anyway. this a Shutter release or no? It was on Netflix. So it says Ravenous is a survival horror film that offers viewers a one of a kind common commentary on colon- colonialism hmm. set in a post-apocalyptic landscape. The film follows a group of strangers who must fight for their lives against an unknown monster like enemy. Its approach to horror is both cerebral and visceral, making the standout entry in Canadian cinema, especially for those interested in films that offer more than just scares. Okay. So that sounds pretty cool. So French Canadian got to read it. 
Uh, number seven is The House by the Lake from 1976, which I believe is a film that made some of our top ten lists. The House by the Lake. It's like a rape revenge film. Whoa. Wow, it, it apparently said it was remade in oh, 2000. Oh, Death Weekend. Yeah, or Death Weekend, yeah. yeah. Okay. It said it was apparently remade in 2017. Really? <laughs> yeah, because this is like... Is it called Rabbit? It's an early William Freud film, and everybody knows where I get my name from. It's my dad. dad? It's my dad. But apparently <laughs> it was remade in 2017. What the fuck? Okay, I did not know that. Um, number six is The Chainling from 1980. That, of course, has got to make an appearance on the list. Uh, number five is holy fuck, um, Skinamarink from 2022. This is an interesting list. Yeah, it is, and this it, is not honestly. This isn't a bad list so far. <laughs> <laughs> um, number four is Bloody Valentine from '81. Number three is Videodrome from '83. Number two is Ginger Snaps from 2001, and of course, number one is Black Christmas from 1974. So, I mean, to be honest, I can't really argue with the quality of the films on the list i mean it's something i wouldn't you know me i i, I hate best lists anyways they, they don't make any fucking sense to me especially when you see skin and marink has passed on there. <laughs> but that's just my opinion i i don't think it belongs there to be honest but yeah that's just me uh okay so dread central's list the best 13 list um so i'm assuming this is probably backwards also Okay, so here we'll start at the bottom. Uh, the Mask from 1961. Okay, I found this on the web for Search the Bottom Map. Check it out. Really? What Siri? the fuck was that? That was fucking Siri. Did I say uh, Siri? That's what I'm talking. I have, my phone, I have my phone right next to my fucking uh, microphone here. Okay, so The Mask from 1961. That's cool. That's a fun film. Um these aren't numbered so i'm just going to name the films american mary from 2012 i'm surprised that one wasn't on the other one the brood from 1979 some more cronenberg's ginnamarink from 2023 they got the year on this one all right um the changeling from 1980 blood quantum oh, from 2019 now this was kind of an interesting film from 19 because of the commentary that it that it uh had about indigenous people in, in canada and stuff like that um i think i was on mike's show we did a review of this um i think me and heather were on here they they had us on because we were canadian we were talking about like you know the the uh the canadian politics of this and stuff so i, I think it was done pretty well if you know about yeah, that's pretty good movie <clears throat> yeah, so if you know about like yeah that type of stuff it it, it works it works um a violation from 2020 did you guys see this one no violation from 2020 i saw this one i Dude, definitely turns out my memory is shit dog mm -hmm. turns out yeah. um yeah you pr i think this one was on shutter i think it was on wait is this the two girls go out to the like the lesbian couple no no it's not that one oh that's what keeps you alive oh <laughs> no it's not that this one does take place like at a it says canadian cottage it's on the east coast they call i feel cabins. like i've seen this one in right. the east coast they call cabins cottages not the west we call them cabins <laughs> it's so funny anyways um yeah violation i believe was like a shutter it was on shutter i think so correct me if i'm wrong but i think it was uh ginger snaps from 2000 
uh, My Bloody Valentine from 1981, Beyond the Black Rainbow from 2010. Have you guys ever seen this one? Yes, yeah, in this one. Well, I, I have it. seen Violation, by the way. Yeah. You yeah. looked on your letterbox? Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I figured so because it was on Shutter, I'm pretty sure. And it was, you know, part of like 2020. Like Shutter was pretty good back in those days. I remember the film being pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Beyond the Black Rainbow, I think, is just a total fucking mind trip from what I remember. Um, Kathy's Curse from 1977. Really? Dude, what the fuck? <laughs> it's a total fucking Exorcist ripoff. That's hilarious. And that movie was actually put out by Snaps. It's got a nice little Blu-ray yeah, release. Yeah, I have it. Uh, Possessor from 2021. Some uh, Baby Cronenberg. And then Black Christmas. It says from 1975. I don't think that year is right. 74, I think. Yeah, so it should be 74. Um, so anyways, that's what those two... What's Dude, honestly, those are kind of bad lists. Yeah. I don't like all the modern titles. Yeah, like what? Where, where's Happy Birthday to Me? Where's My Bloody Valentine? Where's fucking Prom Night? My Bloody I'm Valentine. Is like, like what Cronenberg movies count? Yeah, <laughs> right, and, that, that and that's too. the weird thing. There, I think there. I think this Shivers, uh, like his earlier ones, count. Yeah, Shivers like, and Rabbit. Maybe they just wanted one per director, but like based on that list, like all those movies, I think would make it. Mm-hmm. Okay, what the fuck? Oh, this thing's being a piece of shit. Like, right, so like, so, okay, Monty so, Pool was a good one because that one really does feel very like, like you know, Canadian produced and and released and stuff like that, you know, for a modern one. But some of the some of the other ones are like. Not sure. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know, and that's the problem with making a list of best films. Like you end up with shit like that. Right. Cube. What about cube? Like that cube is such a Canadian, like, yeah. And, and that's a great example of film. That's a great example of a film. That's not on there. Yeah. I have seen lists before where prom nights on there. And I've even seen lists with deranged, you know, the, like the Ed Gein film. Yeah so like oh, there, yeah, yeah. yeah there's lots of films i mean i mean really like how many cronenberg films did we come across in there like the fly wasn't even mentioned yeah, yeah. right video trom- video, mean, like, like the fly video drone i mean i think those have american mentioned. actors so i don't know like, yeah those might have been american produced yeah so like i don't know which cronenberg's count no ginger snaps that's another like canadian that was that was on the first it it was mentioned i'm pretty sure that those production those cronenberg productions are canadian production maybe not the fly i'm not 100 sure but his early all his earlier work is all canadian produced yeah yeah so the fly is 86 and that's about what six or seven films into his into his uh, run so maybe the brood's the cutoff point yeah I would personally. Well, no, because the brood is made before Video Drone, and that's still considered Canadian. Oh, so Video Drone, yeah, Video Drone, I think is the best movie. Oh fuck, still so relevant, right? It's crazy. Video Drone is so good. But then I look at these lists, and I'm like, there's so many Canadian films that like are maybe not seen as much and just aren't thought of. Like, like even the movie Rituals, you know, it's kind of like Deliverance in a sense. It's kind of got the same idea. It's like a Canadian version of it, but it's really good. I mean, I'm not, I'm not expecting to see too many Ryan Nicholson films based on a list that has <laughs> says best of all time, but you know, for me, it's something like gutter balls is something I personally love. You know, if I was to make my personal favorite list or whatever, you know, I'm sure that gutter balls is going to make it somewhere on that list, but that's just me. And it's JP's favorite killer of all time. So. <laughs> Dude. 
I know the Changeling was a Canadian movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah. What about Hemoglobin? Hemoglobin. 1997. I don't know what that is. <laughs> the breeders. <laughs> bleeders, I mean. Bleeders. Yeah. Where's all, where's all the Astron 6 stuff, man? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> where's Father's, Father's Day? Where's isn't the, boy? the Isn't the gate fucking Canadian, dude? Yeah, the, the gate is Canadian, yeah. Hey, that's a fucking classic right there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there, there's t- like the fact there's that so Cube, many Canadian. Cube wasn't mentioned. The, Cube wasn't mentioned. That's crazy. Yeah, I feel like Cube is like a great like example of like like a Canadian film, like you know, produced right. in Canada by a Canadian director, fucking uh, financed Canadianly. <laughs> oh, here we go, man. So I just clicked on uh, Nightmare on Film Street, the uh, the website, and. Quick little list. It says Black Christmas, um, Ginger Snaps, Pontypool, The Changeling, Cube from 1997, Grave Encounters from 2011. Yep, another good one. Antiviral from 2012. So the other Cronenberg movie that hasn't been mentioned. (laughs) Uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. So this one's like way out there. Visiting Hours is another one I was thinking of. Visiting Hours is a cool movie. Right. So Dead Ringers from 1988, and that's, uh, that's Daddy Cronenberg. So yeah, um, I'm pretty sure all of his films are, are Canadian based, but anyways, my bloody Valentine 81. Um, yeah. So that one's a little bit different for top 10 movies. So, yeah, but I, there's such a wide range of films. It's, it's just fuck like ranker. I'm, I'm actually laughing at this cause I see one title on here and I was just talking. So black Christmas, ginger snaps, my bloody Valentine, the changeling, this also psycho Gorman. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The brood, a good one. Videodrome, uh, Possessor, Dead Ringers, so Skin Marink. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a lot of Cronenberg on there. But uh, yeah, <laughs> this guy, this guy just left a comment on uh, that post in the Vinegar Syndrome group, like literally just now, one minute ago. It's yeah. a picture of Coffin Joe, bro. <laughs> <laughs> long ass nails <laughs> oh my god Dude, that's, that's so funny freaking funny bro <laughs> classic classic that's uh, good shit that good shit brutal. um okay so anyways that is i guess uh multiple lists of top 10 canadian horror films i guess whatever take that shit with a grain of salt i gotta look into that movie ravenous man i'm not 100 sure if i've seen it or not because if I did see it back in 17, I mean, that's what, seven years ago. So, and like JP said, his memory is faltering. I'm just getting old. So mine sucks. Yeah. But I don't know. I seen backcountry on a lot of lists too. Do you guys see backcountry? It's that the one bear where the movie, yeah, the bear movie. Yeah. I've seen that one on a bunch of lists in the past before too. It's kind of a scary idea to get stalked and get all fucked up by a wild bear. I mean, most bears are fucking wild. What am I talking about? <laughs> wild bear. Wild bear. Yeah, you know, because most people just domesticize fucking bears. Yeah. Anyways, um, you guys got anything else for the intro? Anything uh, else you want to no. bring up? Thank you got no good. more comments about your coffin Joe nails? Bro. <laughs> I have been bullied. <laughs> I thought we were past this whole internet bullying shit, man. Like, Jesus. <laughs> I guess not, man. It's starting up in full force again. I guess Dude. so. Wow, that's mean. That's just fucking mean. Come on, guys. Yeah. But I will say, but I will say pretty damn funny. (laughs) He said coffin Joe nails, man. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It is all right on the J card. That's fucking so annoying. Yep. Told you, bro. Uh, 
right uh, on the damn J card. Those nails aren't that bad, right, Tyler? No, they're nothing. I would have like noticed or been like, ah. That I know that's what that's the big thing. I was like, who the fuck even notices something like that? Yeah, <laughs> they're not like enough. I would have wrote a fucking essay. Yeah. So we have uh okay. So next show is 2011. Cool. Yep, right. we talked about that. So <laughs> broke down some Canadian lists. Um, talked about. Yeah, I think that's it. So. Without further ado, we might as well end the intro here, and Get then we're going to get into it. these uh, Canadian slasher films when we come back here in a brief moment. Yo, who this? Yo, Modes, it's your boy, the ill-mented funky child, calling you to remind you that the featured reviews on this episode contain spoilers. Aw, oh, yeah, man, that's right, brother. Thanks for the heads up, playa. Now go back to being an unproductive asshole. Fuck you. I tell your listeners to stop being so dumb, silly, sensitive. Yeah. And now, our feature presentation. All right, so getting into the featured reviews here on episode 252, Canuxploitation Volume 1. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start off with a film from the glorious year of 1981. One of my all time favorite years and from a director that is not known for directing horror films, but more kind of a journeyman director who worked in all sorts of other genre films. Um, He's mostly probably noted for working with Charles Bronson. I think 11 or 12 movies he did with Bronson. And that's Daley Thompson. And the movie we're talking about is uh, Happy Birthday to Me. Uh, but the iconic um, artwork, the shish kebab. Shish kebab. Yeah, I got to love that shit, actually. Um, actually, just got this. The wife actually bought me this shirt for Christmas. So I actually have this. I'm not actually wearing it right now. I'm oddly enough wearing a terror firmer shirt. Go figure, right? I'm wearing a trauma <laughs> shirt. In the movie. Um, but yeah, G. Lee Thompson, man, not known for directing horror films. It's just such a weird thing because like he'd been directing movies at this point for like 30 years. Never directed a horror film. Yeah, he uh, directed Cape Fear, the 62 version. I mean, it's it's more of a thriller. You know, it's not a straight-up horror film, I would say. But, you know, it, it is interesting, right? Because... Um, I probably shouldn't put it on my list. You think so? Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's been years since I've seen the original Cape... I just, you know, I, I kind of associate I, it, Cape Fear with the remake a lot more. Yeah. Um, the remake but, is... The, <laughs> I think the remake you might, like, have... You might consider a horror movie, but I wouldn't, like... I don't know if I for sure would to be like fine well in himself. in 94 you probably would because there's not a lot of One. stuff out there yeah i mean honestly man robert de niro is so scary in that movie like it comes off as and it it's made, shot yeah, like, it made that, i was gonna say like that one's like presents itself more of a horror movie than the original one does yeah, yeah. it's been so long since i've seen the original film but i just yeah i from what i remember i'm just not thinking horror but this yeah, thompson like, guy was also a dialogue coach mm-hmm. for alfred hitchcock I mean, That's he cool. did do Eye the Devil in 66, which is, I mean, I guess you can consider that to be kind of a horror film, I guess. So, you know, I mean, I would consider that movie to be a horror film, right? Eye the yeah, Devil? I think it is. Yeah. Sure. So, I mean, so I, I guess he kind of dabbled in that before, but he was all over the place, man. He was doing Planet of the Apes movies. He was doing, you know, comedies. He was doing, you know, action movies and stuff. And then when he discovered Bronson, that's when his career just went crazy. But um, but anyways, like smacked. Well, this is more of the latter part of his career because he directed movies up until 1989 and pretty much through the 80s was all him and Bronson. So this one is kind of towards the end of his career. 
And I'm assuming this was like a paycheck movie because I can't imagine like you've been directing movies for over 30 years and you're like, hey, I want to do a slasher film. It just doesn't seem like it's something that you would be setting out to do at this point in your career. But who knows? Maybe you just wanted to switch up after doing Cabo Blanco, which is the oddest fucking Charles Bronson movie ever made. <laughs> like It's just so not Bronson. But we're not here to talk about Charles Bronson. We're here to talk about Happy Birthday to me. Um, And have you guys all seen this movie before? Yeah. yeah yeah so this, this is all rewatch for everybody okay all right so quick little synopsis on the movie at the snobby crawford academy virginia's group of friends start to go missing years after horrible events that happened to her as a child around her birthday all right so let's start with mason i know mason's a big slasher fan what are your thoughts on happy birthday to me so this is my second time watching the movie. The first time I really liked it and uh, it went a little over my head. The ending is kind of weird <laughs> and what the fuck. Um, I would call it a slasher. You know, I'm definitely a slasher fan, but it's a little, little more of a thriller. Um, it's kind of too long, but the weirdness really makes up for it. Um, I would consider it one of the better 80 slashers. It's just a weird movie with a with a really great cast and great performances and a great story behind its production. Hmm. I'm not yeah, sure. Like, you know, <clears throat> I'm not sure if I'm 100% sure or if I can even remember like the production, uh, the story behind the production and stuff, but I'm interested to hear about it, though. I like uh, the, the main girl is Melissa Sue Anderson from Little House on the Prairie. Right. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to do more horror movies. So I thought this was an interesting role for her to choose. She did. So really how well. do you go from Little House on the Prairie <laughs> to like <laughs> wanting to do more horror films? Because I guess you're going from one side of the spectrum to the other, right? Like that yeah, you couldn't get any more polar to, opposite. Uh, She's trying to break from the yeah. Napoleon Dynamite uh, fucking McLovin curse. Yeah. So if you do like a <laughs> horror movie too, like people like aren't going to see you like on like, I assume like some like sweet little girl character or something. Right. Right. It's like a. a good so what, what were you saying about the, um, the production? What, what was interesting about that? Besides, like what, the whole cast and how that came together, and I liked the, the makeup artist because I think that that's one of the things that stand stood out the most about the film is the deaths and the makeup of all the dead bodies. Um, mm -hmm. The makeup ar artist also did the Island of Doctor Moreau and Invasion of the Body Snatchers, mm -hmm. which was talked about. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, and it's it, got Glenn Ford in it too, which is another pretty big name. I mean, yeah. you're familiar with that. He's in a ton of shit. I mean, I'm not going to go through everything. I mean, he was in Superman and stuff like that. But like, you know, it, it's just, I don't know if it was one of those fads that people were jumping on, like, oh, the slasher films are getting huge. And like, they were purposely going out and grabbing these big name actors to kind of sell their films and stuff like that. But it just seems like these people would show up every once in a while in these films. And you're like, it's just odd. But I like it, though. You watch these movies all these years later, and you're like, that's really cool that these guys did these type of movies yeah yeah so yeah um this is a slasher to me that's like first of all it's a holiday slasher technically with the birthday theme which is cool um two i think that this one it, like most slashers don't really try to have like a big story but this one has like a pretty deep story um it, it it's so weird that this one runs so long though because it's when do you get a slasher that's this long what is it how long is this like an hour it's 50 minutes or something? hour 51 it's pushing two hours yeah <laughs> yeah like that's crazy to me to have a 1981 slasher that's that long but i i actually find it like 
pretty enjoyable like even like the downtime like i kind of think that the characters work and like i'm kind of interested in this little friend group and stuff like that and um well i agree with this because it's actually one of my main points of this movie it's like it's not your stereotype it's not what slasher films became they became so cliche in the fact that every slasher film had to have like that jock and that in and, and that asshole and that bimbo yeah. and that slut this movie seems to have a very cohesive cast of like uh characters that are on the same kind of playing field but you also one thing you like that you notice about the characters is that they're so close-knit and they all do everything together and they're not like yeah you know, it ripping feels on each other. like my bloody valentine like it the, does the, it feels the compliments like a, we give that film like how the every it really feels like they're a community that yeah. like all work at this like mind. they feel like they're true true friends they're not just a yeah. collection of friends that are forced together by relationships and stuff and we get that a lot in slasher films where the jock is dating this the stupid bitch that everyone hates and stuff like that right and it creates this kind of like this collection of of characters that are kind of unlikable right because they're mm -hmm. bickering and they're doing these things and stuff but i don't know if it has people that feel idea. like they wouldn't be friends in real life <laughs> right right where yeah, these characters totally feel like they're actually bonded by friendship for like a long time and things like that and i don't know if it has something to do with just the way canadians are and stuff i have no idea but why <laughs> like canadians direct like you guys are like, we're just really nice okay. people i guess but it's funny <laughs> because if you, but the direct comparison is my my bloody valentine and, and right. it, it has very similar type characters where everyone's so likable like you don't really want yeah. these people to be dying and shit it's kind of funny like so yeah. Which yeah, I think it really works for a slasher film. If you can create characters in a slasher film that you really like, I think the death scenes are so much more effective in that aspect too, right? And it's well, a hard also thing to just do the downtime. So Everything downtime become... isn't as painful too, right? Yeah, like whenever... I never felt like this movie was boring. Like maybe it was a little long, but like it wasn't like ever dragging. The pacing is fine in this movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what separates this one from a lot is is going back to what JP said. And I'm glad you brought it up about the narrative and like really trying to go into depth about, you know, the psyche of our lead character and the traumas that she's endured in her life with, you know, with her mom dying and like her, you know, having like going into a coma and, and being kind of a guinea pig with, you know, these experiments and stuff and like how her memory is coming back and stuff like that. And it plays into the narrative quite a whole, yeah. like really, really well. Yeah. like really i liked well. all the i liked all the flashback stuff it like kind of made it have like opposite storylines running so it like yeah. gave a chance to break up like it, it all the hit. characters are really distinguished too where sometimes when you get big casts like that like every not everybody's flushed out the same mm -hmm. and it kind of feels uneven where like like you guys are saying does it like that's like a strength of this movie compared to a lot of others i think this one suffers from a lot of films from this time period when it comes to like the edits and the cuts and shit because like you can tell that this movie has been chopped to shit and yeah, i don't the, know if it's... it actually got an x rating when they first submitted it yeah um so they had to cut more shit because you know for a fact like you know the um the weightlifting death is expanded on it, it, it you can just tell the, the the jump cuts in this that was it's, still, it's like, kind of a shame death. <laughs> yeah there's a, there's some good kills in this movie like even the shish kebab ones iconic and you know that the weightlifting ones are always so, good and stuff but like the weightlifting even, one was so good the that one that bugs me guard. the one that bugs me in this film because i swear to god watching this movie on vhs back in the day that scene i remember being longer was the motorbike kill where he gets yeah. a scarf in the and he gets his face all gnarled up and shit i swear oh. that was extended in the vhs and actually it's one thing i have to notice yeah. too watching this movie growing up on vhs the soundtrack was different and now I think all the releases after the fact, no, someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't really looked in too much into this. It's just, I'm serving this through my memory, 
but I swear the music is different in those VHS releases than it is to like the DVD and Blu-ray releases when it comes to like the disco music. There's a couple scenes in this film yeah, where they're playing you, disco. You I right. swear that is not correct. You are right. I don't know what it's supposed to be, but I know that there's like some, I remember because this was something people talked about, like, like oh, okay. don't buy this version. Like when I was in yeah. the early collecting games, like, but I don't think there's any release that has the original. I don't know what it is, I have, but a, I, I have remember two the anchor releases, DVD. I have two Blu-ray releases and they all have the fucking disco music in them. And I'm like, how many releases can I have that don't have the original music? Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know there is like a music, and people would say like pe that's something people. Would I say think I think up. I think the the D VHS version you were watching is the non original music. What do you mean? Because it says here that um, in two thousand four, Sony released the film. How could the VHS not be the original music? You think that would be the because I'm. You would think so, but <clears throat> the way you're saying it is that none of these versions that you're watching is the original music, but I assume you watched the 2012 Mill Creek DVD, Blu-ray? Yeah, I did watch that Blu-ray, yeah. Okay, and I do that have the, is the original music. I, okay, that's fucked up, man, because so, so I'm remembering the VHS one that totally doesn't have the disco in it then. Yeah, like, so I'm thinking that the there was a VHS edition that had the different music, because here's what it says. Sony Pictures released the DVD in 2004 that had the non-original music then in 2009 anchor bay released it on dvd with the original music then in 2012 it was mill creek with the original music and um okay so the anchor bay dvd has the same music as this mill creek one so they then i have that dvd too what the fuck i'm so confused yeah I have the Blu-ray that like looks like it's a VHS tape. Now I know that there's uh, a there's a UK Blu-ray too. I think it was put out by uh a Powerhouse. I think they put it out. Indicator put it out. And I'm pretty fucking sure that it's the exact same release as the Mill Creek one. So that one would have also this disco music on it then too. So what you're saying is the disco is the original? Isn't that fucked up how your memory like I'm thinking watching the VHS back in the day would be the original since it was the original right. releases? Because there was no right. DVD and Blu-ray back then. So, like, that's fucking with my mind right now. Crazy. So, it's actually different. Oh, wow. So, wow. Yes, that's Blown the away. only thing I could think is the ver whatever VHS version you watched. Because I'm sure there were, I'm sure there was multiple maybe. Because, you know, a lot of times I would have films got released a, a few times. I would have been watching probably a Canadian home version release. Right. right and it might have varied and been different to the american release which was the fact with a lot of these films they were kind of different right so the the blu-ray the uh mill creek double feature with uh uh when a stranger calls dude the transfer is actually like really solid on that release i had that one i actually gave it to my buddy when i picked up just the mill creek solo one with the slip cover it's the same transfer so yeah yeah it's the same release but i wanted to you know with the iconic kind of yeah. vhs cover with the the thing on actually it's funny when you take off the slip cover it's got that really ugly nasty artwork underneath it's so yeah. ugly but but did you think the transfer was like pretty good for like an old mill creek dvd for sure for sure Ray, i mean yeah yeah i was like wow this actually looks really solid yep yeah i agree but uh, yeah, I would really like. To, pretty nice. I would really like to see this movie fully uncut, though, because um, you can just tell that there's a lot of cuts in this, and a lot of those kill scenes and stuff. Um, 
Yeah, which probably the footage probably does not exist anymore. That's the problem with a lot of these early slashers. I mean, it's, you know, it's everybody knows the story with the Friday the 13th films. A lot of them got cut and that was it. (laughs) Yeah, there was no reason to save the footage. Like they didn't know that there would be like a home video market. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad that they did with, or they have the footage on certain releases of like my bloody valentine so they could restore that shit into fully uncut because yes it, that movie's like night and day when you watch that shit cut to uncut it's two different movies man dude it's literally like, like it goes it like goes from like a seven to a nine it's fucking great <laughs> there's whole scenes that are cut out it's fucking nuts yeah of like gore and shit it's crazy yeah so um but, but yeah like so the only it, thing okay let's talk about the plot a little bit like um i actually really love like the the whole like lost memory and it like slowly coming back there and then sort of spoon feeding you the or you know not spoon feeding but slowly feeding you the story mm-hmm. um of like what's going on the only thing that's kind of weird to me is like why none of the friends seem to know that that the like, whole they- mom like died and on that bridge that's kind of like just a suspend your disbelief thing, I think, for like <laughs> the sake of the plot. Like it is what it is, and it's like I think but the kinda... only uh, I guess the one aspect of it is like if it they weren't friends with her. Well, I don't then, think it's that they don't know. I think they just don't really point it out because they had to have known, right? Because you're not going to have some type of crazy disaster happen and not know that your you, that your friend mom fucking perishing in accidents like when you're at the same time they didn't really know her like they weren't friends with her back then right like like they were probably in their own little world but i just think like in the town you would be like oh crazy accident happened that's a that's a decent setup though too because they do go into that fact of like when they show the mom all freaking out and like where are your friends and they're like oh they all went to a different party and that's kind of what leads you, into her mother. You know, mother's the mom actually did really good in there. Oh, and I, I sort of like the <laughs> the whole like social, um, socially, social, social economic aspect of the 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 rich kids versus the non rich kids and stuff like that. That this is a cool idea to you know. That's what kind of elevates it from like your bland regular slasher to like actually having some like ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah, Th- this movie right here does it, it focuses a lot on narrative and stuff which i think is also a product of somebody like um you know Lee thompson's background where he didn't you know he you know he did a lot of movies with a lot of narrative right mm-hmm. so i mean you might as well create something that this is gonna be a little had four writers on it <laughs> yeah it has a little bit different right i mean he obviously has some input maybe not with the actual story but maybe the way it goes and things like that but you know it's just done a lot different like a lot of slasher films films from this period don't try to elaborate on you know full-on backstories and get into like social commentary about mental um health issues and things like that right mm-hmm. and i think this one does it pretty well for what it is um you know it's a pretty much a two-hour slasher film that doesn't have the highest of body counts it does have some memorable kills in it well that's actually yeah. one of my complaints is there's a group of 10 people yeah and like a couple of them just disappear and don't die <laughs> yeah i know it's it's kind of a weird film where there's so much runtime and the body count is essentially pretty low for what it is i mean we we, we've seen slasher films that are 85 minutes with double or triple the body count in it right Mm -hmm. so but this one isn't to me it's not that typical body count slasher film this one's relying on narrative and it's relying on the build-up to give you a twist 
not like once, that, not, not twice, that scene is not three times. Pretty damn creepy, like just the way that they're all like at the table. I always yeah. stuff. I always wondered, like, with the writers, if it was its full intention to just keep dropping fucking like twists. Like, there's like three <laughs> twists or four twists in the end of this yeah. film. It's crazy. Like, there's a reveal, you know, and then there's like a twist. And then there's like a part of the, and then, and then it's just, it keeps going. And then there's like a final stinger at the, like, yeah. And then there's like a stinger after this fucking, you know, this, this story behind who the killer. And then like, fuck, it just keeps going and going and going. It's like, it's just, it's almost too much to handle in the last like 15 minutes. No, I I remember the first time I watched this shit, I was so fucking lost. I was like, what is, (laughs) what happened? No, what the crazy, like, I actually really like the setup in this film where the scene with the shish kebab because the whole movie is pov killing right and yeah. it's too obvious to be who you think it is so like and you're just like, like hey it's you because they're telling you like this you know our lead character she's got some mental issues she was a guinea pig blah 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 and like you know it's like it fucking can't be her but then you get the scene where dude gets killed with a shish kebab and it's fucking her you're like, oh fuck, what the hell is going on here? Yeah, you like totally didn't expect them to Right. Show and then that. it's like a total like, <clears throat> whoa, what just happened? But then you're thinking to yourself, I mean, if you're a slasher fan, like you're thinking like this reveal seems a little bit too early, and then it just keeps going crazier and crazier from there and stuff like that. So I think they do a pretty good job in this film with kind of, you know, throwing out all these ridiculous red herrings and shit, like with the head on the table and you know, like the dude and some like, of it is a bit iffy though. Like when he's like, he's like, Jenny, I have a knife like yeah. i'm like what who talks like yeah. that no <laughs> yeah i mean that whole scene right there and same with like the the bell tower scene and stuff like that like that whole kind of scene yeah is that like, was kind of like what the, like the buddy like, disappears after but he just disappeared because he like cut his hand on the knife and, so, and like the way they do it and stuff it's like it's quite obvious what didn't happen in that part you know it's like <laughs> yeah. you know so well, it, it kind I of i think this kind of does have an unsolvable ending too though <laughs> yeah well, i yeah, really i really it. like <laughs> the look of the ending like i love the 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 you know the birthday table scene and stuff where yeah you know all the products are there and stuff and i i think it's pretty interesting but like the one thing i can't get over like is it always makes me wonder like how the killer did just the makeup or like you know design this face like how did she pull it off she well, did it. it wasn't just her. Believe it was it the, for the movie. The other guy, right? The guy that does the makeup effects. Yeah, it was it's that guy. so real. Like it's like insane. Oh, I, dude, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, the, it's yeah, completely it's like beyond like ridiculous. Bullshit. Like that's what I mean. Like bro, like that's a cheat. No one could have guessed. <laughs> but I love that Th- this movie always kills me because you get that reveal and then it c- takes it one step further and they have this whole explanation to as w- like what her motivation was for doing what she was doing, which is very scream like. It's yeah. so crazy yeah. to have this yeah. huge story. And then it's like this huge bomb drop on her. And she's like, what the fuck? My dad was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, obviously yeah. it's Dude. like this huge, massive explanation. And then, and then she gets fucked in the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, super fucked. Dude, what were you going to say, Mason? Uh, the, the first twist when the sister is, you know, supposedly the killer, that was like decided mid production based on literally like a face that she made during a scene, like a reaction. And the director was like, I like that face you made. I think that I want you to be the killer. I think that I want this to be the twist. That's crazy, bro. Yeah, yeah dude. It was just add 20 minutes. So what were they originally going to go with? Were they actually going to have the main character as the killer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so they were just going to make it so obvious it wasn't obvious. 
until yeah, it was obvious. Was like, well, I like this idea better. I like this actress, so I want to do this little twist. Yeah. Like, well, I'm glad that they didn't go like, with the main character as the killer because, like, it, it just seems too. Well, whenever, they, whenever the shish kebab thing happened, that's the first twist. Well, you actually see yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're like, holy <laughs> shit, dude, that's crazy. Because, you know, you're not thinking it's her. It can't be fucking her. Yeah, right. Right. They're not going to play off this whole mental angle and then have her being th- that would be fucking stupid. And, like, when, and was, when would you like ever see them just like in the like not even at the end of the movie just like show you who the killer it was like mind blown i remember when i first watched this i was like mind blown i was like what they're revealing the killer already yeah <laughs> you know one thing they do in this movie that became it was probably pr- pretty cliche in 81 too i i, I remember hearing this line in a, like a lot of slash films, especially after this too but was you know like you get those pov scenes and someone's doing whatever they're doing they get oh it's you who talks like that like oh, if JP yeah, walked into a room, bro. I wouldn't be like, "Oh, it's you." I wouldn't say that. You'd be like, "Hey, what's up, Matt Kent?" Like, <laughs> like I would Friday use thirteenth too, right? Right? Like nobody <laughs> says, "Oh, it's you." <laughs> it became what are you doing out in this cliche. storm? Yeah. yeah it's oh, so it's funny. you. Oh, it's you. Fuck, they, they say that like four times in this movie at least, man. It's, it's yeah. funny. Plus, if it was say it, like, Jenny, literally every time before someone, if it was Jenny, dude, that would be like kind of weird. Because mm-hmm. to be like lifted, like having Jenny spot you. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a brutal kill, man. She drops the fucking weight on his nuts. Yeah. That was my favorite kill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that one has like the best suspense too. Yeah. Um, but dude, how about the uh the um dirt bike kill is literally Pet Cemetery too? Yeah, it is. It's kind of with the scarf lifted, and everything. It's lifted right from there. I know. I've thought of well, that before. Well, yeah, Pet Cemetery Two lifted lifted, lifted this. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty good, dude. It's one. It's definitely one of my favorite. Like, yeah, standalone slashers. Like what I remember, man, is like that one being a, a lot more extended too. Like in the VHS, I swear. I don't know why it Maybe just seemed it like it was longer to me, but I swear it was. But maybe they just don't restore these things because like the only elements they have is like just tape elements now. I don't know. Yeah. No idea. But I just I maybe I'm thinking of something else because that kill's been done many, many times over the well, years. Well, we haven't had like one of the big companies like put this out, like Scream Factory. Yeah. Or, like we've only had like Mill Creek. <laughs> right. Mm. Yeah. You know, which I can't complain. I mean, at least the transfer is not fucking ass cheeks. It looks good. The transfer is good. Yeah. I just have like the, I think it was like seven bucks and that's why I bought it like forever ago, but it's yeah. got like the slip cover on it. It looks like a VHS tape or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did a bunch of those like years ago. Yeah, this is one I picked up. um i don't have much else on this one i, I did want to mention i did want to mention what the fucking father's problem was with her with jenny going to and that's one thing about these movies and i've noticed like over the years like what is with these uber rich people that always have like cemeteries in their fucking yards like they always bury their family members <laughs> on their properties and shit it's like no normal person just buries their family it's fucking weird yeah i, I remember thinking like as a kid that that was like a way more normal thing than it really was because of all the movies i saw it i think it's just like an <laughs> over rich person thing to do it's like oh well she died we're gonna bury her on the property and stuff but like anyways the father gets so bent out of shape every time Jeannie wants to go like hang out at the at, at the gravesite and stuff and i'm like well if you're, if you're gonna bury your dead wife on your property you shouldn't be getting pissed off if people want to go visit the grave 
<laughs> I never, I never really understood what his fucking problem was. Like, what does it matter if she goes and hangs out at the grave and says, and talks to her dead mom? Like, I don't really understand that. I always thought that was kind of a misstep. I'm just like, you're getting so pissed off over nothing. Like, what the fuck is the big deal? You know, like he makes a huge point of it and stuff, but, um, you know, very typical slasher thing when it comes to like, they're kind of, I guess their party room, which is like an offset room from the house kind of deal. And like, I like the fact that it was like basically abandoned from the night that her mom died in the accident, like of her birthday and stuff like that. Like they go into this room and it's like cobwebbed up and shit. Like they never use the room ever again. I, I love that. It's great. But I guess they also come back to the house after right and stuff. So, but just the little things that I notice in films, but to be that rich, to have like a whole nother fucking section of your house, right? Can throw parties in and stuff. Pretty cool. Must be nice. Yep. <laughs> um, you guys got anything else on? No. Happy birthday to me. Um, I got a cool quote from the director. So he said, um, because he's more about it being a thriller than a slasher. Like he just, of wanted course, to yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he said this movie has vivid individual characters. The difference between a good thriller and exploitative junk is whether or not you care about the victims. I thought that was an interesting little thought, you know, especially applied to other horror movies and whether or not, you know, because sometimes movies can be a little too exploitative and whether or not you think that it is depends on how much you care about the victims and whether you think that it's just fake or not. Uh, you guys know what I'm trying to say? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we directly even mentioned that how this movie separates itself from a lot of slasher films because you care yeah. about the you care about every character and there's like not even one character that you really fully dislike in this and they all felt like they were real close friends yeah they weren't just a mismatch of like you know people that were brought together through relationships and all that other type of bullshit they felt like they were actually friends for a long time and which is kind of interesting when you look at the backstory though too because like you know these were the same people i'm assuming that were the ones that didn't show up to her birthday party back in the day kind of thing but it is what it is. People grow up, right? But I mean, they managed to accomplish that, that character development that, you know, the, you know, solidifying those type of characters for the viewer that, uh, I agree, you know, he says it and you know, that we directly talked about that. So. Yeah. That guy's a nerd. You made a slasher. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> I'd still call it a slasher. I do the That's cope. Like, dude, there's nothing wrong with it. You made a slasher. Like, I think it's for the time. It was like, you know, I mean, let's face it, dude. There was like, you know, a hundred fucking the theatrical yeah. slasher films in 1981, and yeah. you know, it's like you didn't want to like fully he, lump your your, well, your this product is what, this into is that. What happened? And because he probably this is what I kind of pick off for, like bringing in like the older classy actors in it. Like, he probably wants to make more of an adult movie. Like something like, I don't know, like the Omen where like, you know, they brought in like Gregory Peck. Like they were trying to like sell an older crowd by having like Glenn yeah. Ford in it. And then like the studio was like, hey, this movie about chopping up kids is pretty good. And they marketed it to teenagers and he was probably like, hey, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, if you, set a, movie. if you set out to make a different type of film, one that you felt a little bit more about the character, it definitely succeeded in it. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah. like it can't be a slasher. Like, yeah, but I mean. How many how many other of his movies are people talking about forty something years later? Right, yeah. right, and it's not just one of those movies that you know. I mean, I would 
I shouldn't say that fully. I mean, this is probably one of those movies that people check out based on the cover art because it's got a great title. It's got a great, you know, poster yeah, art and stuff like that. It really does. It just looks like this is like, this is the 80s slasher. I was like, oh, this for. is quintessential 1981 slasher shit. But like, like I get, like, again, it separates itself because it's so different in the aspect that it has this com- complex narrative with all these twists. And it, it, there was thought put into this a little bit, you know? And, uh, yeah, it, it's just, it's a good one. It sticks out to me. It sticks out. So, um, ratings. Yeah. I'd give it uh, an eight. Was that Mason? Yeah, yeah. I give it an eight. Okay. Tyler, what do you give it? Uh, six and a half. <laughs> JP, what do you give it? Um, I give it an eight give it an eight also i'm i'm in exactly an eight also i think it's you know one of the more solid slashers from that from this era it's just got so much competition man you look at 1981 in general just for slasher films jesus dude like we could do a whole show just on 1981 slashers you know like just a year yeah you know it'd be interesting to see where it actually broke down on people's list even if it did make their top 10 list because there's so many good ones from that from that time period so but uh that is happy birthday to me from 1981 all right so getting into the second featured review here episode 252 from 1983 we have curtains yeah yeah so what's your guys's history with this one first time watch rewatch what's the story I've this seen was it. a rewatch, but I haven't First seen time. it. I haven't seen it in such a long time that it was like almost a fresh watch. I did remember like some parts in the ending, though. Mm-hmm. Mason, you've seen this one before. Yeah, it's one of my one of my favorites. Mm. Wow, yeah. JP, you've never seen this one watch. before. Crazy, I've never seen it. I bought the what is it, Synapse? Yeah, yeah, it's Synapse. Yeah, yeah, for the show. But yeah, no, no, I've always known of it because the like hag mask. Like I've seen it around and. Well, yeah, it was one of those that. kind of stuck on VHS films forever yeah. until it I got its Blu-ray release. Because it, it had like, deal. yeah, it had like these minor, like, you know, eight or nine pack film release DV, like it was garbage releases, right? So it was kind of stuck in like that obscurity for a long time. And then Synapse decided to go and drop a fucking great Blu-ray of it, which is pretty damn cool. So um, they've done that with a few Canadian gems, actually. I like their Canadian films. So, all right. So synopsis. Six young actresses auditioning for a movie role at a remote at a remote mansion are targeted by a mysterious mask murderer. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, that's. I guess that works. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking classic flasher. Right, Mason. Thoughts on <laughs> thoughts on curtains. This is my one of my slasher happy place movies. Um, it's uh, I have my top fifty slashers, and this is on is this this is number forty four, so it makes my top fifty list. And I do consider myself like a slasher fan. That's my favorite horror subgenre. Right. Um, mostly, like, and yeah, and this movie is really carried by Samantha Eggers uh, from Brood, um, and then the whole cast just makes it worth it. It's I love the scythe, I love the mask, I love the musical score. It's just it's always a fun watch. And and the production behind it again, 
um, with its drama is really interesting. And it makes you just like they really wanted to make this movie. It took several years. So I like the dedication behind it. You know, one thing I fucking love about this movie. I don't know if you guys have ever caught on to this, but when their credits are rolling, the movie says directed by Jonathan Stryker. <laughs> and it also says act one. That's yep, the character yep. played by John Vernon in the film. It's not the real director's name, which is Richard Kapuka. I don't even know how to say his last name, but anyways, I thought that was a really interesting touch of uh, um, cinematic beautiness is to throw the, you know, the, the character's name up there as a director. I think it's pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, no, th this movie was always to me. I always remembered the pawn scene because that fucking iconic kind of witch old lady man what the fuck is it by the way it's like a hag yeah. mask it's like yeah. a hag yeah. mask. yeah it's like that's it's creepy it's just a creepy ass old lady hag fucking witch i don't know they, it, it, i love the mask it's great it's it's so cool looking but, but like i always remember that scene of the girl that's out there she's listening to her tunes on her fucking little cassette deck and shit skating out in the out in the fucking woods pond and yeah. all of a sudden the killer's coming towards her man and like the way it's shot like and that's one thing about this movie that separates itself from a lot of films is the great cinematography in it there's a yeah. lot of really great shots whether it be in the house or the outside shots are really done really well there's a really great scene on a road involving the doll um and the way yeah. that's shot from different angles and stuff and like the editing like this whole movie for a low budget production is shot really well it's edited really well too i think that um which you know those are the type of things that not a lot of people taking you know account when they're watching these type of slasher films just like ah whatever it is what it is but man there's a lot of really good work put into this film even though the narrative isn't like the strongest thing in the world it is a slasher film remember um mm -hmm. i i do think that it sells itself from looking really great and got a lot of really creepy moments i really like the third act in this film you know when it breaks it down and like you know you get to see all the studio stuff in the house and shit like that there's there is some damn there's some pretty fucking quirky moments though you gotta admit so oh yeah <laughs> okay so mason you being a big fan of this film explain the scene to me where the bodies go out the window but then <laughs> one of them comes back into the house <laughs> in the bottom so i've never been able to figure out semantically and You're logically really and physically and out. physically how yeah. in the flying fuck and i mean <laughs> flying fuck because that makes the complete sense how the fuck did that body end up back what, what i found out about it is it like yeah obviously it doesn't make sense and they realize that but like the guy <laughs> that was on the jet ski that was supposed to be like the first part of it was supposed to be his death scene and, then, and that didn't work out so they just made it that the director's death scene and they just kind of Right. You know, pulled pulled whatever they could out of their ass to make that work, but you know, knowing that it was not really believable. Right. But because I mean, physically, if you know anything about physics, when you have something going, you know, out <laughs> a window and you have the momentum going out a window, it shouldn't fly back the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like the person was on a rope. It's like the dark man scene, right? It's like and then you fucking end up back in the window kind of thing, right? Like, but no, that 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 scene always made me laugh and shit like that, but um, I really, I actually really liked the narrative in this film. I always used to get so confused on, cause I didn't really understand the whole idea of method acting and they play off that in curtains, right? 
yeah how, like like oh, this yeah. director the the director in the film you know jonathan striker he has a muse like he has this actress that you know works with him very closely and you know she's doing all these films with him and stuff like that and he's telling her that hey we i have this you know this iconic part for you and you know if you want to take it serious you know, you know basically what happens is she commits herself she gets herself committed into this institution because the character that she's going to be playing is based off of this type of crazy person and she gets herself committed and stuff like that but in reality he's kind of a jerk he's kind of a douchebag and he really is not trying to even hire her for this part anyways so explain <laughs> to me the motivations behind this did he just want her out of the picture so he yeah. went along with her trying to you know get yourself committed because he had no intentions of actually putting her in the movie and stuff like that see it's kind of a cool setup because when you look at that you think right away like hey maybe he might even be the killer but the obvious choice would be her Mm -hmm. to be the killer because she got fucked over on this this part that she was supposed to be doing and stuff like that right so yeah. with that said when you get the reveal in this film is it a good reveal as to do as you know who's actually doing the killings is it a good reveal i think it's an I interesting think reveal yeah, I think it's interesting. is it is it believable because there's two killers yeah. well there I mean, is technically two killers but i mean yeah. i'm talking about the one that's doing the other killings I mean, the, the the one that, you know, the killer that ends up killing Stryker and shit, it makes sense. The one in the hag mask or the hag, hag mask. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she would do anything for the role. But that's what I'm saying. Like, is it, is it, like, I mean, I get like when Jonathan, when he dies, like why he dies and who he dies by. Yeah. Right. Because she got fucked over hardcore. And I mean, oh, that, yeah. that's straight revenge, because when you're told right. that you're going to be starring in a film and you go through a process, which let's face it, in reality, this shit is never going to fucking happen. Like if you're like, I understand method acting, but that's taking it one step <laughs> beyond where you need to be, like getting yourself committed to understand what, what yeah. these people go through. It's it's <laughs> but it's also great motivation to kill the director oh, yeah. after like i mean it's perfect motivation yeah. but that's where i find this movie quite interesting is that there is like technically two storylines happening and you get two yeah. killers and you know again which is kind of ahead of its time a little bit right you weren't seeing a lot of dual killers in a sense in these type of films i talk about to all a good night where i believe was probably one of the first films ever to to have two killers and well, it, I've never seen it where you have two killers that aren't working together. Yeah, definitely right, unique. Right. It's definitely unique, right? Yeah, that's true. But what my I've always the, the one problem I've always had with this film is that when we get the reveal of the other killer, I just I have a hard time believing because maybe it's because she's like the funny one in the film. Yeah. And like she pulls off the role actually really well. I think she's actually quite funny in this film and she does it really well. Yeah. I just have a hard time believing like that character that's so likable in the movie and she's funny and quirky and very entertaining is the person responsible for the carnage in this place. Like, it, I don't know. For some odd reason, it always kind of just baffles me a little bit. I don't know if you guys have the same. She's such a great actress, man. Maybe that's what it is. But like, I mean, I get the whole idea of like, you'll do anything. You, you'll literally yeah. kill for that part because it's a cliche. It's almost like a cliched saying, right? Like, hey, I would kill yeah, for that yeah. part. But then there's people that literally are doing what they're saying. A lot of this is like exaggerating the whole like casting and, you know, getting a like, you know, like kind of a Weinstein kind of parallel. <laughs> right. 
Well, that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a cool analogy, actually. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I guess that's what drives you to do these type of things, right? When you got assholes like Weinstein in the industry and shit like that, too, right? I mean, the guy's a dirtbag. Let's yeah. face it. Striker's a fucking He's asshole. A real villain here. Yeah. He is. He's your typical, and I think that's kind of what they're playing off of, right? They're playing off of these Hollywood directors that think they're yep. bigger than life. They can do what the fuck they want, like get yep. people committed and fuck them over and, you know, take advantage and be an asshole. Like, I mean, there's scenes where he's like, hey, act for me. Do this. Do that. Like, yeah, he's this just, guy you know, is like just narcissism, like in a person. Oh, that is one narcissistic ass motherfucker. Totally. Like, this guy's, this guy's bigger than fucking life itself, right? And I mean, yeah, I guess the motivations that. make sense. Yeah. Did you hear who the, the, the director really wanted to play that that role? Who? It was Klaus Kinski. That was so <laughs> sick. That was he awesome. wanted Klaus for the role, man. It didn't happen, but that would have been sick. <laughs> Dude, Klaus Kinski. That was, it was actually so- insane. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been that really believable, so actually, sick. to be honest. Because oh God, Klaus Kinski, yeah. he's yeah. he's known as a dick in real life. It would have <laughs> oh, yeah. just translated perfect to the to the screen. Yeah, yeah, would have been a good, good choice. Yeah, really good choice. What actually. was Klaus doing at this time? Uh, I mean, that, like, I mean uh, he was doing a lot of shit, man. I mean, he was still doing stuff. Pretty. Was he still doing movies with Herzog? And I'm not sure. I mean, obviously, '79 he did. Um, he did that movie in '80 that Vinegar Syndrome put out, right? Was it like Shriek or something? He did Crawl Face or Crawl Face uh, Crawl Space in '86. Yeah, he did Venom in '81. Schizoid. That was the movie. What year is this? So bad. Schizoid. Yeah, yeah. Who's ass? The only reason to watch that movie is for Klaus. Yeah. If you're a Klaus (laughs) fan, you got to watch that type of shit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. He did one, two, three, four, five movies in '82, and then four movies in '84. Three movies in '84, but didn't do anything in '83. Yeah. Break. You know another thing I really like about this movie, man. I know Mason brought up the the score is really good in this. Mm-hmm. Is the transitions, how they literally okay. sometimes have the curtains kind of pulling back the screen and stuff. I I, I like those little yeah. nice touches, man. Yeah, you know, shit like that is always it's always good to me. Um, you know, again, uh, this movie right here, just like Happy Birthday to me, um, deals with you know mental illness and stuff like that. It, and again, it doesn't have a massive body count. Like, what's the body count in this film? It's got to be. Five or six people, maybe. Like yeah, five, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and they even throw in that one random one where, you know, she's not even part. Well, I guess she was supposed to be one of the actresses, but she never actually makes it to the house and gets killed and stuff like that. But, um, right. I feel like they. I feel like it's a scene where they're like, "Well, we need another death scene," <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's, let's, Which let's I'm always this. fine with in slashers. <laughs> yeah. Um, dude the the ice skating scene is probably the best scene in the movie, though. It's iconic. I think it's super, super iconic. It's scary. It's shot well too. Like if you actually see how many edits are in that and shit, it's, and it's, it's very cool. fucking Canadian. I'm not say. You know what's so Canadian Watch about that? It, yeah, I was like, this is the most Canadian kill I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. The, most, the most Canadian thing about that though is that there's like no pathway to like this ice rink that's totally been shoveled. I'm like, what the fuck is this? But like, she's like chomping through the bushes to get to this uh, skating area. I'm like, that's funny. It's so damn Canadian. Trust me. <laughs> uh, did you know that the, the actress that gets killed during that movie during filming, she face planted and injured herself <laughs> on the, on the ice. So yes. So the stunt <laughs> double skated the ice as her, but that same stunt double also played the killer. 
Oh, that's fucking yeah. tough. Oh, weird. So they had to like double time on the editing there. That's crazy. Yep. I thought that was a neat little fun fact. Yeah, huh. dude. That just just, just seeing the hag mask with the scythe. Yeah, the sickle. The sickle uh, is crazy looking, dude. It's creepy. It's just fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah, that scene it, it's where a great mask. it makes her perform and the, her eyes in the mask. I thought that was yeah. creepy. Yeah. I still think, you know, like like I said, this movie is mostly noted for that pawn kill. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I get it though, like, because it's it's shot really well. Like I said, I, I just the cinematography is beautiful in that. But it's also the editing too, man. The editing is really good in that scene. Um mm-hmm. but I really like the scene where the where she pulls up on the road and she sees that fucking doll sitting there. I mean, it doesn't really make a lot of sense, but you know, it's still cool to see. It's creepy as fuck. Um but I, I love that scene, man. It's great. But oh, I yeah. think the th- I think the third act is is probably my favorite thing though because I love seeing like Hollywood sets and just props from from movies and shit like that all like just in scenes. You know what I mean? Like it's a bunch of shit from his movies that are all in the garages and in the in these random rooms and things like that. And I, I love shit like that, man. Yeah. It looks good though. It's really good. <clears throat> but yeah, anything with ki- like creepy ass fucking dolls and shit. Yeah, the yeah. dolls are really creepy. That was like a kind of a cool like, like, killer's mark. Like a creepy doll on a on a rainy road. It's just it's awesome. It's fucking it's suspenseful. It's awesome. You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, it's cool. But I will say, man, it's a slow burn. I, I didn't know this movie was kind of slow. Like, no, you didn't really get any action until like 40, 45 minutes in. Yeah, no, it, it definitely relies on the whole aspect of Stryker and his uh, his obedience to these bitches and shit. Like, he's just, it, it's a lot of dickish shit that's going on there for a while. But yeah, I like it though, man. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, that's the commentary of like, I think what they're kind of showcasing with, you know, these big Hollywood productions and shit and like how, they really are you know there's a lot of fucking people out there that just they're abusing their their actresses and yep and uh and this is how they really are they're just assholes out there so i mean i think it's kind of a commentary on that a little bit hell yeah yeah because i mean i'm i'm assuming this movie was super low budget it had to have been it's canadian film from the tax bracket era i mean it it had to have been low budget because they didn't produce anything with with budgets back in those days so yeah, it's, it's pretty isolated like that is like a good like a good way to like maximize your budget like using i did like the setting of like having like these like six per, like these five personalities like all kind of like pitted against each other mm-hmm. uh, in this isolated place just because like you can like i would imagine like in a so in a scenario like this like we are like auditioning against each other like all the actresses like are probably going to be really competitive and cutthroat <laughs> yeah i think that like it's kind of a shame that more movies weren't produced like this at the time utilizing the canadian landscape with the snow and you know that cold yeah. that cold atmosphere and and using the Maybe woods and using the isolation it, it could be it probably is well i mean it depends where it is though too like if you're if you're in like mid canada you don't want to film in the winter time like winnipeg saskatchewan those type of area like it's like minus yeah. fucking 50 up there 60 70 with the windshields like it's nobody wants to be there like where i live we don't get even close to that like i have green grass so i, I, I can mow my lawn tomorrow 
right? Yeah, so, this one was um, Muskoka, Ontario. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you'll get those nasty storms. It's well, I mean, you know, JP, you get those, you guys get those ice storms and shit mm -hmm. out there and stuff like Yeah. The, so, the, they get very similar weather. You guys are just below where that is filmed. So, yeah. But yeah, yeah. you don't, want, you don't, want, you're shooting in the prairies and shit, man. Oh, I think that's just unacceptable. <laughs> it's too fucking cold, man. Like you'd fucking die out there in the winter time. You know that's why that's, that's why you don't see a lot of films filmed in in those in those those areas in the winter months and stuff like that. So, what was the one the Halloween film that we just watched uh, that we just did? Um, Dark, Dark Harvest. Dark Harvest. Yeah, it was shot in in Winnipeg and you know like in the prairies, right? It's super flat, like fucking cornfields and shit like that. But you know that was obviously shot when it was warm. You would not be doing that movie right now. Like it's probably uh, minus fifty there right now gross yeah really gross like nobody goes there <laughs> it's, it's desolate man that's yeah, nasty so. let's put a hockey team here eh? Mm -hmm. <laughs> here, eh? yeah in winnipeg yeah it makes sense right yeah and then is, isn't that like a known thing that players don't want to play in winnipeg because it's so fucking cold in the middle oh, of nowhere <laughs> it is man there's players that have literally turned down contracts like with the old winnipeg jets and so they're not playing in fucking winnipeg it's terrible there <laughs> yeah yeah uh, awesome <laughs> I mean, um um one yeah. thing actually actually the most canadian thing besides like the setting in this film to me is the scene where the funny girl in the movie which i keep calling her the funny girl what actually is her fucking name i feel like i'm just being an asshole funny girl um <laughs> it's funny girl is it ann ditchburn and ditchburn is that a real name she's know, got that look to her man she's been in lots of stuff the only uh, actress I recognize in the movie was um, the, the girl Griffin from gets. The Bird. Lynn Griffin. Lynn yeah, Griffin. Lynn Griffin. Anyways, there's a scene where they Black show her Griffin doing some stand-up and stuff, and she's performing at Yuck Yucks. Like, Yuck Yucks is like a comedy club in Canada. Like, man, as soon as I saw Yuck Yucks, I just, it's just made me laugh, and I'm like, these guys are going to have no idea what the fuck Yuck Yucks is. <laughs> oh, she was in, she was in Thanksgiving. Yeah. The new she was Thanksgiving. the grandma on Thanksgiving. That's Damn. fucking cool. But oh yeah, fuck dude, that's crazy. I yeah, nice. that's, that's awesome. That's that's Eli Roth being a Canadian slasher fan, right? Hell yeah, right. Hell yeah. <laughs> Black Christmas too. But anyways, yeah. look up that shit with Yuck Yucks, man. Like she's the stand-up comedian performing at Yuck Yucks. I'm like, that's so fucking Canadian, man. Oh, that's right. awesome. So awesome. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but um, yeah. Okay. You guys mm -hmm. got anything else? Basically, you got anything else? I know you're a big fan of the film. Uh, let's see, man. So we commented a lot about the cinematography, and I just mm -hmm. wanted to say the cinematographer, uh, Robert Painter, also did movies like An American Werewolf in London, Little Shop of Horrors. You Michael know, I Jackson. never looked into that. I should have looked into that because that's one thing about this movie that I always thought was really beautiful was the cinematography. And I, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's awesome. So he did American yeah. Werewolf in London. Cool. Yep. Uh, and Michael Jackson's Thriller, the music video, man. Oh, for John Landis. That's really cool. Yes. John Landis, cool. Oh, yeah, so you probably had a connection with John Landis. Well, that's exactly what it is. Landis yeah. was using the same cinematographer. <laughs> hmm. That's so sick to get to gig like that with, like, such a, like, with such a good director. Right. Um, There's this crazy Swedish guy that's, like, done, like, all the Ingmar Bergman's movies and also, like, came to America and did, like, What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Mm -hmm. Love Gilbert Grape. It's uh, amazing what somebody like that can bring to a movie, right? Like you have this low budget yeah, film, dude. but you can shoot it as well. Like, like we've said many, many times, I know Dave Z is a big fan of this, like 
you know, having a good setting is like half your battle, right? Yeah. But if you can shoot it properly, shoot that fucking natural setting, then you're winning, man. Hell yeah. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's what makes these low budget films go a long way, man. And I think, it, you know, I mean, a lot of people watch these movies and they don't really look at it the way we are. You know, we're, they're not really seeing that type of cinematography. They're not trying to see that shit. They're just, you know, they're waiting for the next big kill and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, as much as I look at this film and I'm like, you know, it is a much, it, it's a little bit more of a slow burn. It doesn't have like the craziest kills. It actually has a couple really bizarre ones where bodies are flying back into houses. <laughs> um, but overall, like the end product of this movie is really, it's a fun kind of timeless slasher film that like stands the test of time in my opinion it's just a really really well-made film and it's know? one of those fucking movies about movies man yeah exactly yeah, and i love the, i love movies that are about movies yeah, love yeah. Them. yeah. i had a lot of fun watching super eight this week because of that yeah hell yeah me too man watching super eight is so fucking cool dude because it's like it just reminds me of a, as a kid like i didn't have the motivation to make movies and stuff but like seeing like the dawn of the dead poster on the wall and shit i'm like okay hell i love yeah. these kids these kids are me <laughs> yeah mm. so um so who's up tyler what do you what do you rate this one what do you rate uh, this one this movie's fun i don't think it's as good as like some of like the upper tier like non-franchise slashers but it's fun it's got some cool kills it's got the creepy mass it's got like a little bit more to it and i like the ending uh i'll give this one a six Weird. Um, I'm coming in at a seven and a half on this one. I think curtains is a pretty cool film. Um, it's creepy, man. It, it's got its creepy ass moments and shit. I just, I like films about films, man. So it, it's, you know, even though it's a little bit more slow and it probably isn't going to float everyone's boat, you know, based on the pacing, I think is sometimes a little bit slower, but I think it's intriguing. I think it's very intriguing. And, uh, you know, it, it has its standout moments, which is enough for me. So seven and a half on curtains. JP. No. Dude, my fucking mic just stopped working for a second. And uh, <laughs> the audio was coming through the, the speakers on the computer. I was like, what the fuck? How the hell is that even possible? I don't know. It was weird, dude. I had to unplug it, plug it back in. Um, what did what did Tyler give it? Six. I gave it seven and a half. Okay. Mm, yeah, I think I'm right with moods. I was kind of teetering on eight, seven and a half. I'll go seven and a half. All right, Mason. And for the record, yeah, eight point five on this one. Whoa, nice. And so this is number forty-four in your top fifty, and it's an eight and a half. <laughs> boy slasher. loves slashers damn yes. oh yeah you know, my I, slashers start with eights man Hell yeah. yeah you know i would love to actually break down i know i know like exploding heads is doing their their big slasher film and shit like or their big yeah show. which uh shout out to them i just listened to their newest and hell yeah yeah it's so yeah, hard for me because be on that show i'm just like i'm just like you i'm like i'm a huge slasher fan mm -hmm. i grew up with this stuff my favorite franchise is Nightmare on elm street but like I love slasher films in general, and oh, I, yeah. I find I find myself to be a little bit of a connoisseur of it. Like I, I've seen a ton of them. Um, yeah, it would be really interesting to. I've never actually broke down a a big list. Like I've done like ten of my favorites kind of thing and stuff, but I've never 
50 holy shit that it just seems like a lot i think i would have a hard time doing it actually yes. yeah, give us some time but it'd be fun well do you have I a lot like of modern ones on there I like i mean like post 2000 i like that type of modern yeah, I do. Like, yeah there's a few yeah i i definitely would have a couple in there there's a few modern slashers that i absolutely adore so yeah, yeah. i think that um I got terrified to slashers. Like if, if I'm doing like franchises included, it's, it's going to be very dominated by franchises. I actually would never, I don't think I could do the top 50 with, with, with franchise slashers because I feel like, I just feel like I, I, I literally have so many Friday have, and nightmare. I ones feel, in yeah. I feel like I would have top 50. I'd have at top least 50. Five, I would have at least, at least six to seven friday the 13th and yeah. looking and at mine like i would have at least four really i would have to really rework it i would have i would have at least two nightmare yeah i would have so at least camp, four fridays yeah i think i'd have the first four fridays i would i would have part oh no i want to have three i would have the other you three four five six oh man i would probably have five i would have, I, you I would have the, part one no, part one, two, one, four, six. I'd have part probably. one, three, four, five, and six. Not two. Part two is like the one of the best. Yeah, I like one, two, four, six. I would Wait, easily I, have one through six. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would definitely have nightmare one and three. It's funny because no, I always think to myself one, two, that I don't three. really care for part two. I mean, it's not that I, I don't, don't care for. I love part two, but I, I, it's when I think of Friday films, it's like part three to six. It's like the ones I watch all the time. I have to like, it's like, do you guys, would you guys count peeping Tom as a slasher? Yeah. No, not for that list. I don't think I would either. I would, I would have a hard time. Yeah. Like I, I know, know people like, just like say it's like, oh, it's like the first slasher or something. I mean, like, in I, theory, it kind of is a slasher film. I consider it's it. Pro, it's proto slasher. It yeah. is proto, but yeah. I mean, still, but it's like, it's do you, then do you count the Giallo? Because, but this is the big question. Do you count the Giallo? No, no. Uh -uh. No, no. Stage fright, I would count. Okay, I have yeah, Tenebrae on my list. See, I wouldn't count Tenebrae. Yeah. See, yeah. Tenebrae to me is like a Giallo, right? Like, I just yeah, I it's... try to separate Giallo from an actual American slasher film. I, I think, they're, I think like, they're different. They when are, I yeah. try to explain to like people what Giallos are, I always say they're like Italian slashers, but they're usually like more violent, more musical, and more sexual. So it's like a little yeah. like, well, more, not they're more that. adult. They're the also more adult too. That's basically oh, yeah. what I say. I say like they're like Italian adult slashers. Yeah. The the yeah. the bit the big thing that separates slashers from Giallos to me is yeah. the um police procedural aspect. Yeah, the investigative right. narrative aspect. It, yeah, and there are some slashers well. that have like an investigative narrative, but it's so much heavier leaning in giallos. Yeah, it's well, like it's like a trope. Well, like because that's that's movie. the thriller, that's the mystery part of it, right? When you have the yeah. investigative part, it's like you're trying to figure it out, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I have the New York Ripper at eighteen in my bed, and I don't know, <laughs> is that a slasher? Now I that like one it. is a bit more. That's yeah. Well, that's, that, that's Fulci's attempt at like doing more of, of an American style, it's in a, yeah. but it's in at an the American same time, place. it's still a major fucking giallo, though. Right? Yeah, because, I would like, still leave that in the giallo territory over yeah. slasher. Yeah, like the way that I look at it is, if you're gonna put it in one of the two, yeah categories either giallo or slasher yeah that's a good if way to put it doesn't it. go into slasher then i'm not counting it for a slasher list 
Yeah. I would like to do a top 50 list without franchise films just to see where it would go. Well, that's what Exploding Heads is. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it would be, I think it would be, it's a lot harder, but at at the same time, it also breaks it down a lot easier. Yeah. Because you're you're going to fucking struggle. A lot of different lists with that because it's just like, I think it's really open. I'm I'm thinking that like someone like Dave Z, who's a big slasher fan, is going to have a lot of modern ones in there. I just probably. I can so see him having a ton of modern ones. I, more strict. I think Which Dave I, likes modern movies a lot more than I do. Well, well Dave, the problem, Dave the likes modern movies more than too. I think a lot of people do. The, the <laughs> thing with that is too is that whenever you discount the franchise films, you lose so much in the eighties and nineties. You know what I mean? Because anything that was good was getting sequels. Oh, and like, why I yeah, love slashers is because of fair. franchises too. So that hurts. Yeah. There is a ton yeah. of slasher films between 81 and like 83, 84 that, that are very, very much. You know what I think what I, I very like much standalones. There are not no sequels. Like, so you can have like nightmare on Elm street. You can have Halloween. You can have Friday the 13th, but no sequels. Well, no, fuck that. What happens if your favorite <laughs> film from nightmare on Elm street is part three? doesn't count right right doesn't count so you should say is only one film represented per franchise i just like the idea of like the first because now it's like it's the same deal as like any other standalone slasher where you're not like going off of existing property yeah i get Mm -hmm. what you're saying but my favorite is often not the first (laughs) yeah like and that's fair just like just for the experience like okay well if we're going to compare apples to apples the first one kind of could you could say the first one is fair game just because like you're not like already existing off a 90 minute movie or something i still want to do a draft episode i think it would be really fun what do you mean by draft episode so like let's say we take like the big four franchises like halloween friday 13th elm street Texas yeah. Chainsaw. And then we, me, whoever's on the show, like four of us or whatever, we take turns drafting from the films and then the listeners vote on who made the best list. Oh, that's really cool. I would love to do that. Yeah, but you could also do like directors, you could do um, you know, Italian films, vampires. But I, but I, I, you you know me, I hate the idea because I hate when people fucking break down our list. I'm like, which one had the best list? And I'm like, Man, but I, okay, best, but here's the thing: but every, the every entire point is not to, me to doesn't pick your exist. favorite movies; it's to pick the best objective list of films. So, actually, no. do a best list. Yeah, you're not picking like the ones you like the most. Oh, like yeah. you did with the top 100. Yeah, like you're trying. It's yeah, a that game. was a different list. Like, that it's was a game, right? It's like not yeah. Like so, a, if we had like that, those lists, they I think a lot of people get it twisted though too, because when we broke down like the most influential, I mean, that was very specific, right? That was influential. Yeah, and then like we've done our top show. 50 favorite directors show. And that was very, those yeah. were personal lists. Like yeah. uh, we've never done a top hundred film fucking list or whatever. I, I it's just, I mean, best of list. We've actually never done our personal favorite list either. I guess we did a top 50 though, right? We did a yeah. top 50. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So top 50 is, yeah, it's, it's, it, that's Which a lot. I think hard. I also had like six Friday the 13th songs. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a hard. Even looking back on that list now, like I think I looked back at, I think last summer, maybe a year ago or something like that. And I was like, holy fuck is this? Yeah, Mine would be now? a lot different. There would yeah. be a lot the same too, but like, I would definitely have like more Italian stuff in there now. It's just what you're feeling at the time. time, right? It's what you're feeling at the time. Like there's times where I watch killer clowns from outer space 14 times in a week. And I'm like, man, it's my favorite movie of all time. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. in my heart, it's still Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> you know, it's like, 
Yeah. So, I mean, lists are changing ever. They're always changing. That's why I always say take them with a grain of salt. Yeah. And and that's why I like personal lists because making best of lists, like, I don't even know where to break down the semantics of what makes a film better than another yeah. one. I just know what so, I like personally the, better than the other way films. That, the way that I was like kind of I don't know of if it's better episode, than the other film. So is you do the draft and then that you're basically asking the listeners, this is a marathon, which marathon would you rather watch? You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if, like if, if we end up with eight films each or whatever, then it's like the listeners, if you were going to watch all eight of these movies, which list of eight would you rather watch? And so we're making this list from what aspect? Like these are like my, top favorite movies or just no this is a draft your draft you're trying to draft the best list right? oh you're just trying to oh, oh so basically you have to be very strategic about maybe even the organization of or the construction of how you place your films too like you watch dawn of the well, dead you, you can say like a like a caveat like you can watch them in any order because like then like I think the idea of like the draft is like like you're just like you're picking what you think is the like constructing the best and like yeah mm -hmm. like a sports draft but, but there is a format where you could we could do an episode where we're trying to draft a marathon and strategically like, yeah you could do like any, a slower film when you like, talking you about set the title. okay yeah so you could set the titles however you want like that so when you're and talking like, about draft yeah, yeah. that means the movie can only be, be picked once right because it's right, like a yeah. draft yeah, so, so just like it, for example, like because like oh, I like shit, just okay. to go with your marathon idea. Let's say we did like eighties driving movies. You came up with like thirty two like like classic like driving classics from the eighties or something, and there yeah. was four of us, and we each have to like take turns drafting movies into like so until we have eight a piece, and you can order the movies and whatever you want. So like this is my marathon. Yeah, and then, you can and then the it. person, the people would vote on what who put together the best marathon from the draft right i think it would be fun that really, sounds like it'd be a lot of fun because yeah, your str strategy is like do I, if i'm like second overall pick like do i think that you know <laughs> friday friday two is going to get picked in this cycle if not maybe i wait until next cycle to try to get it but then moods fucking drafts it and it ruins my draft board you so my also so when it comes to the draft is there a certain amount of films that are only available for the draft yeah, like let's say yeah, like, it would be like, predetermined. Just, yeah, so, like, it, so, so there's like 200 films. So say there's 200 movies available for the draft, and then that's what we have to pick from. It's just like an NHL draft. There's only so many players yeah. that you can draft, yeah. right? Yeah. So once they're gone, that's your list. Okay, this, see, that makes more sense because I was thinking about the way you were saying it. I was like, so we have to basically kind of comply a compile a list. And then you have to make sure you have a ton of other films like on a fucking random list because these might get taken and you can take this one. But yeah, if, if we if we come up with a yeah, we would you know say 200 films the, list or whatever, the and then we pick from those. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of a cool idea, man. I, I really That's like a really that. really cool idea. Yeah, and you can like really you do can it be with so many too. different things. But again, <laughs> but again, it, you know, this whole thing comes down to being super subjective in your in terms of what you actually like like yeah. see with mason see if mason was on the outside looking in and my whole list was slasher films he's probably going to take my fucking list right where maybe someone that's, maybe, maybe doesn't that's like the audience slasher you want to play to like maybe yeah. you want to like you could just play to that audience like i guess if you're smart like, about yeah, it if you're smart about it like for can... example like say you put like 10 of like the most pretentious movies on there you could possibly think and be like oh tyler's going to take all so i'm not going to win if i do that yeah 
Well, you might win somebody's. I might votes. win some votes, but I'm not going to win the vote of the audience if I yeah, were to be right. like, we're going to. You might win Dave's. It. You might win Dave's if if they all have good cover art or something, and it passes this <laughs> test. <laughs> like, all right, guys, we're going to watch the Innocence, and then we're going to watch Onababa. Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> but that but that's a great example though, because like a lot of people you know they, they they're not willing to watch a lot of foreign films so if you compile a list of like seven or eight foreign films and you know and you got to read these films they're gonna be like fuck that guy's list yeah man. that's like, bullshit. Oh, can, can you pick like, a movie made in the last 50 years right exactly right exactly. Well, like you could even take like okay we could take a list from like um letterboxd or whatever like the top 100 letterboxd films or whatever they, there's a that top they, 250 they, letterboxd horror films Okay, mm-hmm. right there. You take yeah. that, and that's our draft capital, right? Like, th- w- maybe we do ten films each, or eight films each, or whatever. But the draft is out of all of those films are are picked, uh, our ability to pick. So you would have such a big, like, type of movie. Like you would have like you know classics and and old stuff. But you you're the idea is to make the most cohesive, like, cool marathon that you can make. And the listeners pick who did the best. I was actually looking at that list the other day, Tyler, the the top 250 horror films. There was a handful of films in there I'd never even heard of. I was like, I've I couldn't them. fucking believe that I hadn't yeah. seen all the movies on this list. Yeah, but then again, it's also compiled like, on uh, there. And I was like, there was a bunch of movies and they pretty much were all like Asian films that I actually was not familiar with. And I was like, oh shit, what crazy, man. It caught me right off guard. Yeah, there's like, like, I... I, there's a ton I haven't seen either. I think I've seen like 185, something like that. Yeah, I was going through it and I, I'd seen a lot of the movies, but there was the odd one I never even heard of, which was blowing. It was blowing. Yeah, there's it's like, someone there. It's not that I, I hadn't just seen of. it. It's not that I hadn't just seen it or, or, you know, like I had never actually heard of it. I was like, fuck me, man. Crazy. So yeah, that's anyway, that was an idea though. I had for a long time. No, that that's a really cool one. I actually really like the, I want to do the show where we do the hidden gems too, because I actually compiled a list. Yeah. We could do a top um, 10. I did one years ago. Thing. I have to redo it now because I, I deleted my fucking my list or whatever. But I I remember a couple of the films that were on it. Yeah, we should do that. We should do it like Hidden Gems Volume 1. And then just we each pick like five to 10 movies yeah. to talk about. And we just go round circle. I say, I say we pick a, a, a fucking even 22. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Let me fucking redo. Tangent of horror. Twenty-two tangents of horror. What are we talking about? Are we still on? Are we still on? Uh, yeah, we, this curtains? was our. Inter- this was we our finished the ratings. Time is curtains. Yeah. Man, we were on curtains so long it turned to meat curtains. Holy fuck! Yeah, this was the <laughs> curtains between uh between the carpenter. All right, so uh, that was we're an done, ad. We're, we're done with curtains, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, that is curtains from uh, 1983. All right, so getting into the third and final film here on episode 252, we're going to take it to the glorious year of 1988. It is a good year. With a film called yeah. The Carpenter, starring the one and only Wings Hauser. Fuck yeah, you know anything that has Wings Hauser and it's going to be at least entertaining because the dude is just entertaining. There's something about him, man. I don't know what it is about Wingshauser. I know a lot of people don't really care for him, but uh, I think that you guys also don't like Nick Cage. So fuck off. Dude, I like me? Nick Cage. We all like Nick Cage. I'm not talking about? to you specifically. I'm talking to the <laughs> shitty ass listeners that are going. Oh, oh yeah. Better recognize. You better recognize, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah, no, Wingshauser. <laughs> I feel like is on the same playing field as like Nick Cage is on a lower key because you either yeah. like him or you don't. It's funny. Yeah. It's funny to me. Hell yeah. 
but I've always yeah. been a big fan of Wings Tyler. He's done a lot of movies I I really enjoy and stuff. And and this is like obviously way past the golden age of slasher films this is like to the point where it's like what the fuck is a slasher this is film? where they start naming them after professions right <laughs> and this is also where they get they oh, try yeah. to do some weird ass shit to separate themselves from being that like just super cliche slasher film where you know it's like you know a to b you know like this one is a weird one it's a weird this movie fucking movie feels like it came out in 1992 yeah, it does. It feels sure. ahead of its time. Nineties <laughs> vibes. It feels 90s like vibe. it's a nineties. Are you saying this one is ahead of its time? I'm That's not crazy. necessarily <laughs> saying that, but it feels like like just it really the lighting, does. It's like more in the day. Like I don't know, just the structure. It feels like nineties to me. I don't. Yeah, know. Th this is a weird like a movie, erotic thriller. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Dude, this movie is bizarre. All right. So synopsis on it. Me. A mad woman. <laughs> A mad woman and her cheating husband hire men to fix up their new house. Mysterious carpenter Ed becomes her guardian angel, but he is actually an executed killer whose spirit has returned to finish the dream house he once started. So also sounds like a 90s plot. So this movie <laughs> is it, it is very strange again. So it follows a theme that we didn't actually plan out. And our main character in the film um, our lead actress is suffering from mental illness and stuff like that. That's so weird that all three of these movies. Happen. Yeah, it, it no. is so it's so strange. And then <laughs> so basically, you know, so there are certain things that are happening and this guy is like coming to a rescue and stuff like that. But the weirdest thing about the narrative in this film is like you learn pretty early that, you know, Wings Hauser's character, who's just called the carpenter, he actually doesn't even have a name. Or maybe they call him Matt. Carpenter Ed, they say, Ed, but I, I don't even know if they even call him that in the film, but um, that he had been executed for a series of murders that he had committed. But the weird thing about the film is like they play it off like she they introduce her as a being, you know, kind of crazy. She has hallucinations and stuff like that. So you see Wings Hauser's character as possibly just an illusion, like a figment of her imagination. Mm hmm. But it turns out like right away, he is actually dead, but he's like a physical ghost because everybody can see him, right. not just her. Yeah. It's That's weird. how I interpret it. It's the it's weirdest. Just like it's a very weird narrative in the fact that like he's totally a physical ghost because there's interactions with other characters throughout the film with him. Yeah. And you're like, okay. But, but is she <laughs> just seeing those interactions or no, no I think he, I think no. he kills people, maybe. That's no, like, this movie is fucking bizarre. No, like, because <laughs> when he kills people, like he's physically doing it. And like there's the, even the 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 scene where the one girl is like, oh fuck him, you know, she's having she's screaming at him and stuff. Like she physically can see him. Like it's not just in our main character's mind. So it's like this really weird setup where you think it's like a figment of her imagination, but it completely isn't. And wow. It, it's strange because you keep thinking that, you know, it's not real. It's not real. It's not real because they tell this whole backstory about how he was executed. Mm -hmm. But like the whole third act even makes the story even more bizarre because he's quite obviously having these physical art altercations and stuff. And like how they rid him is in like a very ghostly way. You know, like he's so involved with this house. He's become one with this house because that was his passion, right? He was fixing up this house when he was executed and all the shit went down. And that's why he's back there and stuff. And like, I don't know where they get this idea. They're going to burn the house, but it like, it, it catches him on fire. It's like, he's this 
he's he's physical but he's also connected to this house like in a certain like a fucking like ghostly way is it like a poltergeist it's weird right he's like a ghost but he's connected to like and he catches on fire it's like the weirdest narrative yeah it's so fucking strange like how it breaks down because it's hard to separate the fact that like you know that he's being like he's physical to people yeah but then you can't really kill him that way except for like burning the house which they they do burn down his work he was saying yeah. like he was one with the house right and i'm like fuck, this is such a weird narrative it, it's such a strange film but the whole idea is that they, they're playing off this whole mental illness type thing and stuff like that and um it's it's an intriguing film i wouldn't say it's a great movie by anything by any stretch of the imagination but i find this one oddly entertaining oh yeah i, I like it a lot yeah <laughs> it's like odd it's like such an easy watch it, it, bro like i don't yeah. know it just it just and dude like some of the kills are actually fun like the the first the one with the circular saw where he's just cutting off dude's arms yeah. like, like, no, like, <laughs> the guy's like acting like nothing's happening like, <laughs> okay thank you tyler for bringing that up because i have this noted and it's like the weirdest thing it's almost like it's not it's like in a dream state right and yeah. playing, it's playing off her mentality like is she is she actually seeing this is she hallucinating because he's yeah. cutting off this guy's arm like in a comical way but yeah. it's not the guy's like not comical at all it's like slumber party massacre too man it's like really no cool. selling his arms getting sawed off that's actually a good comparison that it reminded me yeah. of slumber party massacre too right the whole yeah. fucking dream state of like the rock yeah 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 totally. if it does feel very dreamy this whole movie it, well that it, that's it what i love about this movie it, it totally has that dream aspect and you know guy you know me with like you know dream sequences and films that aren't like dream movies it, mm -hmm. you, it usually drives me nuts but this one is like oddly entertaining because it's so weird in the fact that he's not like a apparition he's like a physical ghost i don't know it just separates yeah. it for me it's weird man it's so strange um Only i think this one is entertaining as fuck man so like i kind of like i thought this was a fucking mess but <laughs> like Wayne Hauser is like so committed to just playing this like unhinged carpenter guy that it like it's like so like entertaining like oh yeah you just know he's gonna go like ape shit on someone at some point you're just kind of waiting for that the whole movie hell yeah but yeah I thought otherwise it's kind of like this movie was kind of wild <laughs> there's a questionable acting. it's super wild dude what one of the things that I found like kind of funny about this movie is like you have this like subplot of like these people working on on the house or whatever and um the two dudes are like dicking around when like the owner of the house is there and then he's like i want those two fired yeah. and then the dude goes and like tells him like hey i gotta let you go and they're all pissed off and i'm like well dude if you know the owner's there maybe don't look like you're dicking around like that's like working 101 right that guy was that owner was a dick though he's well, like oh yeah, the owner is a dick but he has a yeah. point though like he's paying he for these point. guys and the guys are fucking yeah. around like he's right. paying for these guys to do their job like the dudes were totally in the wrong like it wasn't like he let them go under unjust terms right like they were yeah. completely in the wrong right. <laughs> yeah they were dicking right. around probably should have do that for the customer dude like i know that anytime like a big boss or like an owner or like a yeah uh, look fucking big, busy. like look like you're working six times as hard as you normally do <laughs> 
You know what I can't get over, man, is the one construction worker that just like blatantly starts hitting on our main act or the main oh the, the rapey guy. Yeah, like, dude, you know that this that she's married and shit. Like, and the guy's probably going to be back sooner than later. And like, yeah, and he like, tells the other like, guys like, "Yeah, I'm going to go fuck this, uh, you know, the homeowner over there." Oh, he gets. Like, yeah, oh my right. god! Oh. oh, that was fucking. Oh, that's one thing about this movie, though, man. So, Some of the kills are pretty entertaining. Like, you know, when the guy's getting his limbs chopped off and like with the drills and stuff. But I love the vice scene, and that thing was clearly cut. Like, even in the Scorpion DVD. Like you can tell they put that shit back in from like a cut version or whatever because it like the dips in quality and shit. So I like that fucking vice kill, man. It's pretty cool. It's good stuff. I love like I'm kind of weird, but I love occupational <laughs> themed horror. Yeah, I kind of like, like, like the, the dentist, carpenter. The carpenter. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where's like, the electrician? Where are the cable guys? That'd be electrician, man. Like, come on. How is there not an electrician? <laughs> right? Because it makes perfect shocker. sense. Like le- electricity and killing. Like that makes a lot of fucking sense. But uh, although the carpenter there another the, movie that's like the shocker. Where uh, he does the same thing. The, Last picture show is like, Yeah. Oh yeah, the horror show. The horror show, yeah. I kinda yeah. like that movie. Uh, I've never I've never been I've never actually seen that movie. I have it on Blu-ray when I buy anything Shell Factory put out. Let's <laughs> be a great movie. I have it. I have it. Yeah, I've got it a couple times because Shelf Factories, and then of course in the house box set too. Well, okay. dude, you have like such a um, like array of weapons when you like make the killer a carpenter. Like, dude, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> totally, totally, <laughs> man. Guns. He's got fucking drill. The nail gun shit is so funny, dude. Like, <laughs> <torches>. <laughs> I think I think Wings Hauser just like really salvages this movie. Like he just he, oh, he's yeah. so good. The, back in like 88 you could actually shoot a nail gun like that now they got the fucking the locks on them like you actually yeah. have to press it up against something for it to shoot yeah. and stuff like you could actually oh. shoot that was always shit. something like oh, I'd say when i saw when i saw like final destination three and i was like that's bullshit <laughs> yeah because every nail gun i've ever used in my life you actually have to press it up against something to to, yeah. to release the the uh yeah. the lock right so yeah you actually can't shoot those things so unless you hold it back but right no one's gonna do that's that. just how they're designed now it's like an air pressurized thing yeah. i think yeah yeah it's just safety well shit. back in the 80s we also had like the uh the lawn darts that would impale people all the time too so of course we had right. nail guns like that <laughs> yeah there's a lot but the, like i mean dude you could literally like i the stepfather the stepmother the carpenter the dentist like i love shit like this dude <laughs> yeah it's so simple but it works well yeah it does no this is a fun it's like not high art but it's it's a fun little 1988 slasher slash ghost slash hodgepodge of craziness <laughs> well the thing just, i like about this one like i said it's way past the golden age of slashers but they didn't try to make like your standard slide they tried to do something a little bit different and it, it kind of works it's, it's memorable in in the fact that like at least they had somebody like wings hauser in the lead role so it's memorable and i think some of the kills are pretty good but it does man this movie opens up feeling like it's going to be an erotic thriller it has that soundtrack it has that score it just has that feel it almost has like a tv like erotic thriller like late night fucking um cinemax type feel to it it's really strange but i'm glad it doesn't continue along with that because you know me with like love and shit and erotic i hate that shit man so this this one doesn't really go into that even though it does kind of play off the whole relationship thing and stuff but and yeah i gotta say like the husband in here douchebag douchebag 100 <laughs> like i love the fact that like bitch comes over to like confront her and stuff like that but then totally gets done in 
<laughs> I love that, man. He, she gets all fucked up. It's great. <laughs> oh, I gotta love it. Yep. What else I got on here? But yeah, like I think the ending is still the trippiest thing, though. Oh yeah, how it's we like, It's just so out of pocket. Like you set the house, like they set the house on fire, and then like he catches on fire because he's like all of a sudden they, one with the house. Like that was he's his one with his work. They just yeah. try to <laughs> confirm that it that it's supernatural in a way. But in a sense, <laughs> exactly. But in a sense, like it's this physical ghost, but it's still supernatural. And I like the way they did it. Actually, made a lot of sense. Yeah. Even though it doesn't make sense, it made sense. If that makes any sense, you know what I mean. <laughs> <I'm hip. laughs> right. I mean, yeah. just like you can't have a goofy, physical like, ghost. So it's like it's like almost like an oxymoron. You can't be a physical ghost. Like, like nothing about this movie is suggesting you take it seriously. I think you're just rolling with what it does. But the whole idea of him burning up when the fire catches the house makes complete sense because that's his, this yeah, is what does. brought him back in the first place. The only reason why he's back there is because he was there to finish his work. Yeah, I right? kind of love it. That, that part's pretty funny. Yeah, it 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 makes sense to me. I like it, man. But I'm just glad it swings Hauser, man. Fucking Vice Squad, man. You saved this movie, I think. Being like I love Wings Hauser. Actually, I, I posted a picture of what we were recording today, and people were like, "Oh, Wings Hauser makes everything better." I'm like, "Fucking right, he does." <laughs> he's just one of those dudes, man. He's one of those guys. He's underappreciated, I think. But people that know Wings know Wings Hauser. You know, let's go. Cool. I know Wings of Redemption. <laughs> ah, yeah. All right. So, ratings on the Carpenter. Is it me? My go ahead i think i am actually um that would I'm, be me <laughs> yeah it is you it is you um yeah this movie is fun uh, i don't think it's like amazing or anything but i'm gonna go ahead and give it a six and a half out of ten i'm gonna give this one a seven out of ten i think it's pretty damn nice, fun nice, and it's nice. only because wings hauser does what he needs to do in this and he's just he's awesome and it's got some pretty funny kills come on let's mm -hmm. face it so and it's not your just standard A to B. It's never boring. So that's never. that's a big positive. No, it just it it definitely has an odd feel to being a slasher film, though. Like I said, it starts out feeling like an erotic thriller. And it does have those moments throughout the film with the score and stuff. Um, but then again, there is that whole love kind of interest in it also that plays into it. So it does make sense, but I think it's fun. It's fun stuff. It's gonna get a 4K release probably next week, so. Be on the lookout for that. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Mason. Mind the next one? Yeah. Yep. Okay. So all three of these movies are great, and I consider them slashers. I love slashers because I think they enunciate the absurdity of life, and certainly this one does. Besides all three of these being like mental health movies, I think they're all kind of like this bitch crazy type of movies. And besides... <laughs> The praise for Wings, which is deserved. Also, Lynn Adams in this movie is a really good performance. Um, Wings Hauser has a lot of great one-liners. Like, if you do something right, it stays right. Uh, <laughs> and I love the little driller. And then, like, whenever the uh, the the wife becomes, like, starts painting the house and stuff like that, and then she's, like, <laughs> she's, like copying, like, his whole vibe. <laughs> 
I just love how he's like this all stand-up American too. And he's like, when she swears, and he's like, you know, that that language doesn't sit well on a lady's tongue. Like he says shit yeah, like that, right? right? <laughs> it's great yeah. light, great lines. Insanity. Yeah. Uh, a lot of fun. I give it a seven and a half. Nice. Nice. Well, actually, the, the, these movies went over better than I thought they were. Well, going Tyler to. didn't rate yet. Yeah. <laughs> You're oh, shitty. shit. <laughs> shit. I thought, yeah, sorry. Sorry, bud. Oh, yeah. This movie, it's, it's fine. It's like, it's not the greatest, but, and, but Wing, Wing's Towser kind of saves it from being something that's like completely irredeemable. It's short enough. It's fine enough. I just, it's not great, but I'll give it a five yeah. out of 10. Man. Well, I mean, the ratings went over like I thought they were going to. Going <laughs> 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 back to that, so um, yeah, no, I, I think this was a really fucking fun show, and like we said before, this was not even planned to have this common theme of like mental illness and stuff. It's just <laughs> worked out, so it was like a double theme. Canadian yeah, no, films. it's literally it's a triple theme. Yeah, you got Canadian mental health slashers. <laughs> weird and the 80s baby and the 80s so there's four the, there's technically four, four themes, themes. <laughs> four themes yeah. yeah damn just like we wrote it up yeah good stuff though man really really fun really really yeah fun no this stuff. was a good good show man you came up with this one yeah pretty good i enjoyed it glad to join y'all so there's yeah, yeah for sure man for sure yeah we, i mean knowing that you're a big slasher fan you had to be a, you had to be part of this so thank you yeah, glad you came on and uh enjoyed it so yeah good stuff um you guys got anything else before we get the fuck out of here i do not i'm cool you guys are all cool okay well i mean that's going to conclude episode 252 can exploitation volume one who knows when we'll do another one we have a lot of volumes of episodes that we've neither ever really got to part two I think there's a few. Yeah, we have volume four of zoology coming up. Oh, yes, yeah. yes. So what actually is the schedule for the show? Because next week, like I said, we already mentioned in the intro, we're not doing the show next week. It's Super Bowl. So the next show is going to be 2011. And then yep. after, I guess we'll just continue along with the After shows. that, I think it's um, the serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer show. Yep. And then I think and it's uh, uh, zoology four. And then... And and then there's an OG Reese, uh, OG verse remake show. And then, um, yeah. And then, and then we just have a million other shows that we can kind of rip into there. So yep. yeah, be on the lookout for those coming up soon. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys again with the, uh, the 2011 top 10 show, which who's all actually on that show. I think, I think we it's have, like, me, you, Tyler, Dave Z and Carly. Yeah. So there's five understanding. Us. Okay. So there's going to be five lists on that one. So it'll probably be a marathon. I'm assuming that the lists are going to be quite different. So I'm, a th I'm assuming there's going to be quite a bit different. I have no idea what anybody's number one is, including mine. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know my number one is like, do you guys know my number one? No, no. Cause I, don't, I, don't, I haven't even, I haven't even thought about anyone. I think Dave is the hardest person right now because he has everything rated like eight or nine. So I have no idea what the hell he actually is going to put at the top of his list or even what he's going to have on there. Like, I just know for a fact that I, I I'm predicting right now, me and Dave, Z only have maybe one or two of the same. So lists are going to be completely different. Carly, I have I, no idea what's with 2011, what she likes. Yeah, what she I think like. I'm honestly like, I, I'm going to be like zero to two, the same with Dave, I think. Yeah. I think mine, I, I feel like my think, list is going to be a lot different than everyone else's. I don't yeah, even I have a 10 so. yet. I don't have a 10. I'm happy with yet. Yeah. The only 10 I gave was, um, 
the oh, I mean like I don't have <clears> ten <throat> movies I'm happy with yet. The Ari Aster's short. Yeah, I haven't <laughs> even given a above an eight point five. So Yeah, neither have I. Well, I have a couple nines, but they're not qualifying for my list, I don't think. Like I think Take Shelter I, t- I gave pretty high, but I I don't think I'm gonna qualify that as a horror film. I'm gonna rewatch it. There's like um, there's a couple movies like that's it's one a of good my movie. Watch movies. Uh, like there's I, I, I would have no problem if somebody had Take Shelter on their list, but I, personally, uh, well, it wouldn't make my list. Probably it's I don't a, know if it would. It I think it's a good movie, list. but I just honestly like when I look at the year and what I am considering for my top ten, like, it just there's no space for it. Right. What was I going to say again? Um, how do you guys see about Super 8 and The Grey as horror movies? Dude, I've always considered Super 8 a horror film, but Me too. I'm in the minority on that. Grey, definitely. The see, Super like, Eight. this because, like, I watched yeah. both those this week, and, like, I, f- and I don't have a problem with either of those movies at all. Like, the, but, the, like Super 8 to me just feels like Monster Squad. Yeah, like, yeah I don't does. know. There's it just does. different levels, and I, I don't think there's a problem with that, though. While the like at all those movies, but then I kind of went back at movies I thought maybe weren't horror. Like, well, these are fucking horror. Like, I think these are horror too. Then I don't know about and the gray, the gray is dark enough to be sort of a horror horror type film for me because it's it yeah. is like it. There is like the, it, they are getting picked off one by one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there is a lot of like fear there and stuff. Yeah. It, the only reason, like, if it was a like lower budget with like no name actors i feel like it would be more considered horror horror film probably yeah. but i think because it ha- who is it liam neeson yeah yeah i yeah i feel like it's a very it, well made movie like at the moment it's good i like the. Great. i definitely know one movie that might make a couple lists that isn't definitely not going to be on dave's list is ho with a shotgun like he, i don't think <laughs> he liked it like I, I i was actually quite shocked when he the way he was talking about it like i don't think he'd ever seen it before I'm like, you never yeah. seen Hobo with a shotgun? I'm actually not a huge fan of it either. Honestly, I used to be a huge fan. I rewatched and I was like, yeah, oh, I should have left this in my memory. <laughs> and you guys are fucked in the head, man. It's crazy. I know. I used to love it. I was like, Here oh, we are. T- ta- we're talking about fucking how awesome these Canadian slashes were. And now we're ripping on Hobo with a shotgun. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> it's Canadian, man. Come on. <laughs> no, I got a feeling a couple Canadian films are going to be making my top ten list, so let's leave it at that. But I think I have—I I don't. I have to look what's Canadian, but I think there's one I think is definitely making. Well, I always talk about Astron Six films, so just break that one down. But uh, I kind of love. But the thing is, like, I don't know. Like, it's in contention, but I fucking love Father's Day, and I love the fucking taint. I, I started watching Father's Day, and it seemed uh, really, really like homosexual, like rapish. <laughs> jokes that's what it is <laughs> oh okay and but then there's also manborg from astron 6 too manborg is fucking hilarious there's manborg. a lot of really good like low budget movies oh manborg is such a blast dude yeah, i had so, so much fun rewatching the taint too the taint fucking rules dude the taint dude. is so good yeah. i've been trying to get the taint on mb and it like it's just not working oh i'm so oh, no. glad i bought that blu-ray when it came out yeah because like Blu-ray it goes it. for crazy <laughs> i was actually gonna really? watch i was gonna watch it no there was a copy it's i should have bought it then because there was a blu-ray copy at cinema wasteland at the trauma table oh yeah yeah there's a trauma release yeah i have the blu-ray right right um anyway i'm hungry yeah i am starving myself so we're gonna get the fuck out of here and we're gonna see a next show for the 2011 top 10 all right check you guys later
Yeah, that's all, folks.